Welcome to Game Face, episode 358. I gotta say, I think we're the only podcast that has almost 50 years of experience covering the video game industry. And I know for a fact, it's the only gaming podcast with just two people that can say that. Hmm. And alongside me, making up that other 50% is Matt Kyle. What's up, Matt? Soon it'll just be 100 years between the two of us it is pretty crazy to think between the two of us almost 50 years of experience covering the video game industry professionally Mm -hmm. that's crazy i mean again i don't think you'll find it anywhere else and we have a gigantic show today i know the last couple months we've had a lot of housekeeping to open the show that is not going to be the case today just a quick rundown of what we have for you guys today we're gonna have to really work to get it all done we're gonna talk about the xbox leaks that came out yesterday And I'm actually glad that we ended up having to bump this a day because it gave us more time, one, to think about all that stuff and for all the information to come out. Uh, We're talking about Mortal Kombat 1 today, our review of that. We're going to cover the Sony State of Play and the Nintendo Direct that happened both on the same day, which never happens, Mm -hmm. last week. We're going to talk about the Crew Motor Fest. We're going to talk about Lies of P. And we have a secret, really cool game for the end of the show, one of Matt's targets that we're going to talk about we got a lot to get to. It's going to be insane. Hopefully, you guys have had a good week. Hopefully, you guys are okay that we pushed this one day. We're back for another special Wednesday edition of Game Face. I'll say right now, we will be back on Tuesday next week. This was just an anomaly, Matt. Like, this is people don't realize in California when you get on jury duty, it's this process that you go through where you have to keep calling into a phone number the night before, praying that they don't tell you to come in. Well, LA County specifically, it's like, and that's never happened before. To me, like I've never had to go in before. Nineteen years of living here. Once I had to. Yeah. So this yeah. is the first time, and they they dismissed this because the trial I was supposed to do. Uh, we got as soon as when we got up there and in the room, they're like, "Oh, they took a plea bargain, so we don't need you, so you can go home." Yeah. It. But technically, it, I had so. jury duty three weeks ago, but you guys didn't know because I was calling in every night and I didn't have to go in. Mm-hmm. So five day, you call in five days in a row. On the fifth day, if they tell you not to go in, you're free for you're another free. 18 months. <laughs> it's only 18 yeah. months though. But you know, LA County, like, as the judge noted yesterday, the LA County is is the largest county juris- jurisdictionally in the world. Wow. Like there are 44, was it 44,000, no, there's 5,500 jury trials in LA County every year. Wow. Something like 44,000 people are jurors in this county every year, which is not that much when you consider it's like 13 million people in, in the whole the, greater in the, LA in the area. Whole, uh, greater county. Yeah. But, like, that's a lot. Yeah. It's insane. Um, but I dodged the bullet. I didn't have to go in. Matt did. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. and it turns out you go in and then they just dismiss you anyway, dismiss you anyway. Yeah. Well, we went for in. For a and, plea deal, right? Yeah. Because it was, so the trial didn't happen and then the judge, like, kept us there for like an hour talking to us because she's like if i send you back later they might not have time to assign you anymore uh, <laughs> so another case hooked you up, basically so yeah. we went back and all the, all the people at the where you check back in at the holding area is like what are you why are you all back and they, <laughs> they called upstairs like did you send them back and like oh okay well you guys can go and yeah the end of it and now we're both free for which was great because like <laughs> she said she said if the trial had gone forward it would have taken like a month yeah and i would not have i have no interest in getting going downtown at eight in the morning for a month yeah i don't blame either and the weird thing too is that they for keep 15 bucks a year yeah for, for a, a day. day yeah they always send me downtown instead of santa monica i'm literally two miles from santa monica and they make me go downtown that's ridiculous for jury sir it's ridiculous but anyway cinetike your employer is legally not allowed to not allow you to go yeah legally yeah. In the, maybe he's not in the united states Maybe I think uh, maybe he's Canada in, in the Cal- U.S. In California, at the very least, maybe the U.S. Overall, you can you the, your employer cannot 
keep you from going to dirty duty. Yes, it's illegal to do that. But it may be different wherever you're from. Um, again, we don't have a lot of time to kind of sit around and goof off today. We have too much awesome stuff to get to. Uh, but before we get going, I do want to pop you guys up and thank you guys for Twitch Prime and things like that. Super Master Gamer, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, Sanitike says I'm in Portugal. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, we're already at level three of the hype train. You people are awesome. Um, who else we got in here? Glottis21, Too Quick Capri, Toast9, AJ the Legend Watson, Cinetike, Nexitwa, McWomble. What's up, brother? Hope you're doing good. Thanks for showing up for the live stream. Not Cirque, thank you for Twitch Prime. Corey Film, thank you. Um, Userfriendly.exe. First time chat. Welcome, buddy. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Game Face Live. Hopefully you come back. Again, we're here every Tuesday, usually every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. And we will be back here um, on that. Oh, and here we have Eric Cartmenez. Oh, who won the football game this weekend, Matt? Did you see that? No. Oh, the Steelers. You no, know I didn't oh, see that. Oh, the Steelers won, Matt. Mm. Yeah. Now just eight more wins to go and I win the bet. And I think Eric Cartmenez didn't look at the Steelers schedule because it's a joke. And they were the first couple of weeks were some of the toughest teams that they play the whole season. And now they get their nice and cushy schedule. So it'll be interesting to see how this plays out. Um, but anyway, I only need eight more wins to go to win my bet with Eric Cartmenez. Go Steelers. Um, and with that, we need to get going with the show. I'm telling you, I'm not joking. There's like way too much in today's show um, that we need to get to. So we're going to kick off housekeeping right now not a ton of housekeeping stories for this week because at first i thought the xbox stuff was going to be a housekeeping story and then the information just kept mm -hmm. flowing like a waterfall and i was like it's not going to be a housekeeping story it's going to be a real part of game phase 358 we do have a couple smaller stories though um some information about switch 2 came out again this week matt and it's kind of contrary to what we heard from the gamescom stuff uh, last week we talked on the but show. But it sounds more realistic. Realistic, yeah. So last week we talked on the show that these rumors were coming out of Gamescom, that the Switch 2 was there, and some de developers got to look at it, and the developers were saying it looked like it was PlayStation 5 level. Well, now we got some new information this week. But those of us who have been here more than 10 days were like, <laughs> that's bullshit. So. Yeah, so now we got some new information about Switch 2, and it's pointing to more humble uh, hardware. Uh, that states that it's PS4 and Xbox One yeah. level. Nintendo's going to continue to just be a generation behind. Yeah. I'm okay with PS4 level handheld, though. Like, that's good enough for me. Yeah, but as someone who doesn't use it as a handheld, I think it's shit. Yeah. So it's, I'm, I'll put up with it because the only way to play Nintendo games, but it still fucking sucks. And I say this, too. There's a big difference between PS4 and PS4 Pro. Yeah. So I'm hoping it leans a little more closely to PS4 that's Pro. What, that's not what it doesn't sound saying. like it though. Because no. if they compared it to Xbox One, yeah, that's the dagger. Because mm -hmm. Xbox rough. One was awful. Um. So anyway, uh, I th they must. That comparison, I think, must be more of a generational one. Maybe. Yeah. People just don't remember how bad the Xbox One vanilla was. Yeah. Because it was bad. Yeah. Yeah. The, the Xbox One X much better. Yeah. The, absolutely. But and the, again, we hope that the Switch Two leans more towards those mid cycle I refreshes but i don't think it does either no i mean it'll be able to cheat its way to something better through if they're using like a dlss sort of mm -hmm. solution yeah but like i mean it's i mean it's what i expect it's not like it's a shock or anything it's, yeah i'm not disappointed i'm just sort of yeah i know yeah that's, that's, that's what we i thought. mean that's basically what we've been saying the question just becomes how much are they going to dare charge for this thing yeah how much do you think they will dare charge for know. it if it's ps4 level probably 300 you think so you think they'll still keep they'll keep it at three well, actually, that would be cheaper, wouldn't it? Hmm? Was it Switch 300 or 400 at launch? 
The Switch was three hundred. Was it or yeah. three fifty maybe? No, it was three hundred. Was it three hundred? It was two ninety nine. I would be surprised if this one's three hundred. I'll say that. That's still two hundred cheaper than PS five, more than two hundred cheaper in some territories than PS five. And yeah, Xbox but Nintendo series. also knows where their price range is mm-hmm. for these things. You know, like yeah. they weren't as interested in selling you a high end handheld as much as they were like, hey, everybody in the house needs their own Switch. Yeah, you know, that's what that's sort of where they where they took that and it worked. Yeah. Um, and you know they're saying that it was running that Matrix demo. Mm-hmm. Do you believe that? If it's yeah. PS4 level, yeah, maybe mm-hmm. with DLSS. There's not a whole lot happening in yeah. that demo, and it's like just visual. Yeah, with yeah. DLSS, you can. I mean, we haven't seen anything on Unreal Five run that looks like that on, you know, on PS5 Sense. That's true. And you can't look at it on PS5 anymore anyway because they shut down that demo. That's right. Because it uses streaming data. So I'm yeah. sure some of that is happening off the Switch right, too. Right, right. So like, but, but that is gone for PS5. You can't actually make it run anymore. Here we are seven years after the Switch launch. I still have yet to have a rooftop party with the Switch. Yeah, I still have yet to play Metroid Prime fucking 4. <laughs> so it's tough all around. <laughs> so anyway, I guess what I would say at the end of this is that it's probably going to be somewhere in the middle. A lot of times when you get a bunch of leaks and rumors like this, the reality is somewhere between all the different leaks and rumors that you yeah, get. Yeah, I, I think the graphical like fidelity will be about PS4 level. I think, they, I think the frame rate will be better than you would expect yeah. from that hardware you know yeah. i think it'll be smoother frame rate because of the dlss yeah and the good the good news is they are building the switch 2 with dlss in mind yeah that's that's key. important it's yeah. key yeah it's like it's a it's a deal breaker if they don't yeah because so. make it run smooth and like i mean plenty of nintendo games look great art style wise they don't you know like luigi's mansion 3 you know looks amazing mm-hmm. like you know but it's you know you make it run smoother yeah now you really got something yeah yeah so they do seem to be targeting their real, you know, if they're not going to catch up to the modern hardware race, uh, which you could argue, but part of their business strategy is to literally not get involved in that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, targeting smoother frame rates at all costs in that regard, by, while not lowering, you know, the potential power of the thing. Um, that's the right call for mm-hmm. what they're trying to do. Agreed. So. Yeah. Um, I think I'm hearing the right things about Switch 2 so far. I mean, I think it's kind of best case scenario what I'm hearing. Yeah, I mean, best case scenario would be they actually make a, a real console, console and not like, a hybrid. Yeah, yeah. but that, that's not going to happen because the Switch is yeah. the most successful thing they've made. In Looking forever. at things realistically, yeah. I think we're hearing the best possible news. Yeah, so probably you think we'll hear more probably around Game Awards, like legit stuff from Nintendo. You think? Mm, no, I think they're not gonna even like to, a tease I, or no, anything. I think they're going to wait till next year. Okay. Uh, next up, why why throw anyone off their Christmas shopping? Yeah, the point just save it for next year yeah that's probably the right move uh next up something that may upset playstation fans we found out this week that the elder scroll 6 as of right now is not planned to launch for playstation and matt no shit i'm a little confused by this though because if you remember not. you're not they bought bethesda they were, nothing was ever coming to playstation again here, this ain't here, Call of Duty. Here's the thing. So the FCC, the FTC didn't try to shut them down on this one. Yeah, that's true. But the FTC, I just remember a lot of those discussions were all around like, well, if it's already been available for PlayStation, then it needs to be available for PlayStation going forward. And only because the there were contracts in place. Yeah. This, 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 no, no, no I don't think it was contracts though. Well, that was the thing: was the contract with PlayStation was going to run out at a certain point, and would COD still be on there after that? There is no contract for Elder Scrolls. Yeah, like it's they, they own Bethesda. They all they get to have all. It's just like 
Insomniac Spider-Man game isn't going to be on Xbox. Like, they bought Insomniac. Like, no one loses their minds when that happens when Sony does it. So, oh, look, I agree with you on all those fronts. It's just, to me, there's confusing signals coming out here. Like, I thought that Microsoft was going to adhere to the idea that if a franchise had previously appeared on PlayStation... No, that was purely Call of Duty. That was yeah. only Call of Duty. It seemed was like it was all never. of them. Because they started arguing... No, because then they said that Red uh, Redfall was okay to be an Xbox exclusive because it had never appeared on PlayStation. Mm-hmm. But so like, Microsoft was considering that for sure. Maybe, but th they would never do that with this. It's, that would be ridiculous. I mean, I agree. It's dumb, and they should be allowed to do whatever the hell they want. I'm just saying that the verbiage coming out of all these hearings, mm -hmm. this goes, this flies in the face of that. Is what I'm saying. I don't think it does. Okay. I think it's. I, I do, but I, th I think they were vague enough that that's not what that means. And like, like I don't think the FTC is going to come back at no, them of course like not. four years from also, now when it comes out. And also, really, that could have just meant Skyrim. Yeah, Skyrim is pretty much his own franchise. Yeah, I mean they could. Try no one, to no one it that really way. remembers that the, those games are called Elder, Elder Scrolls. Scrolls. <laughs> Certainly, the FTC doesn't. I tell you that much. <laughs> but anyway, um, I'll be honest. Like I think the, the, way I think the thing be. you have a better case on with that is the Oblivion remaster. Yeah, because the other thing too is Starfield. There was a big discussion about that, and they're like, "But Starfield's a new IP. It was never on PlayStation, so we're cleared for takeoff exclusivity on Xbox." Like. There was discussion around all these games related to this. And I agree with you. It's bullcrap. Like, they should be allowed to release that game for whatever they want. They own Bethesda. They mm -hmm. own the IP. I'm just saying Microsoft was doing some, some toe-tapping around stuff like this, trying to get the deal to go through. And now mm -hmm. that the deal's gone through, it feels like it's starting to backtrack a little bit on some of the stuff that it said. But, well, yeah, again, except, except I agree with you a bunch of this stuff percent. was also in the documents from years ago. So mm -hmm. it doesn't... It was, it, this, was, this was never in the cards. Yeah. And we also know that one of the reasons that they really went for Bethesda was because Sony was starting to court them to have Starfield be exclusive to PlayStation. Yeah. So yeah, that was that was part of the that was part of the fight there. It always was. Yeah. Call of Duty Call of Duty is just too big to have that argument about, really. Like, I that, mean that was the Elder problem. Scrolls, pretty big. How many no, copies no, did Skyrim sold at this not. point? I mean they sold a lot of copies, but it's like not eighty a, it's million, not, maybe? No, it, it's not comparable. It's a yearly it's a like Call of Duty is a yearly, basically an ongoing yeah, service. It's twenty to twenty-five million. A These year. games come out once a literally once a gener a human generation, yeah. not a not a console <laughs> generation. Yeah, and out of the gate they sell around fourteen million or whatever. Starfield's already at ten million. Yes, yeah, well, Starfield's the biggest launch, and they've you can ever get had. it basically for free. It was, I mean, that's bigger than Skyrim. Skyrim yeah. took much longer to yeah, get. Yeah, it to did. That. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, if you're a PlayStation, you can only fan, imagine what Starfield will look like in ten years. Yeah. Because the mine and all that. I was somebody, some dude I saw today had a, had a like an eighty minute demo of he's like a, he's got literally two thousand mods on Skyrim and it looks like it came out yesterday. Yeah, it's amazing. It's pretty crazy. It and really it's just is. Like uh, Starfield's going to have that same. Thing. Oh yeah. Yep. Absolutely. I guess there's good news and bad news if you're a PlayStation owner and you like Bethesda's RPGs. Um, the bad news. But, it, but if you do, you must not have been playing on PlayStation because they. They're always kinda, terrible. Kind of always <laughs> terrible. I mean, the PlayStation version of the Bethesda stuff is always the worst. Yeah. Well, the bad news, if you're a PlayStation owner... Skyrim who, never even worked properly on the PS3, and they never managed to fix it. Yeah. Uh, the bad news, if you're a PlayStation owner and you like Bethesda's RPGs, is that you're not going to get the next one. The good news is, that's four years from now. <laughs> so, mm -hmm. you're gonna, it's going to be four years until you're going to be really sad about the fact that yeah, you, you cannot play time, it. you got plenty of time to just get another... Right. Xbox, yeah. or whatever the next thing is, or a PC, or whatever. You know, you, you we'll start know. talking about a little bit of that, about that when you we know start talking coming. about these leaks that came out. Because there was a bunch of really interesting stuff in those leaks that we're going to get to here in a minute. But anyway, it appears Elder Scrolls Six 
going to be an Xbox and probably PC exclusive. Uh, next up, announced this week, and we're just here as a to help you guys, is that this week there was a an Xbox MasterCard was announced <laughs> and launched. And I could see where it'd be very easy if you're a big Xbox fan to just want to get the card and just, you know, when you pay for stuff, you you know, you're representing that you're an Xbox. I understand that whole psychological angle to it. But I'm going to tell you right now, don't get that card. (laughs) No matter how much you like Xbox, don't get the card. We've said this before. Get a card that gives you points and buy everything with it. And you get free stuff just for buying stuff you would normally buy anyway. There are no points on this Xbox MasterCard. Who the hell has MasterCard anymore? Actually, you're right. Like, it feels like it's just disappeared. Yeah, it did. They they did a similar thing to... uh... They actually did a similar thing to what Unity did, where they just did a bunch of weird shit and everybody just dropped them and switched to Visa. Is that what happened? I had a MasterCard for most of my life until Mm -hmm. they did some fuckery and Wells Fargo was just like, we're dropping them and we're all Visa now. Oh, now Discover Card is like bigger than MasterCard. Yeah, MasterCard, they fucked up. They really screwed up. They they stabbed their own foot to death, basically. It was was, uh, really dumb. So anyway. I don't remember the details, but it was, it was all, the reason, you you remember back in the day, it was like Visa Visa and MasterCard, Visa and MasterCard. Yeah, yeah, You said them together every time. And you walk into a store with a sticker, Visa and MasterCard, Visa and MasterCard. And now never. Yeah, you're right. Now Discover's way popular. Now you can't even do that Renaissance Fair joke. It was like Lady Visa and MasterCard. Oh, right. I forgot about that. (laughs) (laughs) Now everyone's like, who the fuck is MasterCard? (laughs) Hashtag old. (laughs) (laughs) But anyway, stay away from that MasterCard. I understand the psychological angle may be pushing you to go that direction. That's a really bad idea. Um, Is Matt just hinted at? Big story with Unity this week. What the hell? The duck consulting. Once again, are, roll us on in there. Give us ten grand. We'll save you. There are like, unforced errors, and then there's this. Oh my god! So Unity, as you know, is... although that Baldur's Gate re- reveal about Microsoft, close, close. That one of the reasons Baldur's oh, Gate is not yeah. on Xbox is because Xbox thought it was a also, was it second run Stadia RPG <laughs> like. I could have told you you were wrong about that two fucking years ago. Who are their consultants? Because they're so bad. Some people should be fired Because for that. first there was Redfall, where the, their consultants thought it was going to be an, a nine. Um, no, complete, yeah. I don't know what world these people are living in, where Baldur's Gate 3 is an also-ran and Redfall is your next big hit, but uh, no. And I didn't, I didn't need to even touch those games to tell you that. Xbox, whoever you are paying for this information, fire them. They, fire them and pay us half that. They, and we'll yeah, we'll better. take half. Yeah. The duck consulting agency make checks payable to. Um, this is insane. So Unity is an engine where you can build games. And a lot of indie developers used Unity because it was one of the first engines that was like friendly to people who didn't have a lot of money. Yeah. It's basically like you can build stuff and you don't really have to pay as much money until you sell it. And then Unity now all of a sudden has decided to change how it makes money by, what is it, in game installs now? Is yeah. It, which is like ridiculous. Which can also include just loading it up in a browser. Right. It's like, it would bankrupt everybody people. that uses Unity. It, it, yeah, it's astounding. No big, let's be honest. Very few big developers are using Unity for games. Like most of them are using Unreal Engine or their own proprietary engine anymore. The vast majority of people who use Unity are indie developers. People who are working in their garage with five of their buddies or whatever. Like Unity mm. did not understand its customer. That's like it, the problem. Like it could be like you could be like charging they could be get, like if you're an indie developer you might have already sold all your copies and then it ends up on game pass or it ends up in a humble bundle and all of a sudden you're getting charged for the installs yeah. because a bunch of people got it in the humble bundle for like three cents yeah and you wonder too if microsoft would protect that information and not give it to unity because it knows what unity is going to do with the information mm-hmm. 
The whole thing was asinine. Yeah, basically, Unity's over. But it, so it, it's maybe. Over. It it has now gone back, kind of. Not fully back. Yeah, no on one it. will ever trust them again. But you're right. And already, the trust is gone. Already, there are publishers like Devolver and some of these other, they're like, you need to make sure you tell us when you pitch our, your game to us, you got to tell us what engine it's on because if it's on Unity, we basically aren't fucking with that. No, it matters. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, because no one trusts them not to do that again. Unless maybe what they should what they should do is get rid of Riccatello. I mean, whoever, I don't know what, like, I don't know how you let that go through. The Abram brings up a really good point. He says, Genshin Impact is on Unity and it's yeah. free to play. Imagine that combo. I mean, already that game has been installed 20 million times, Millions maybe? Times, yeah. What are they thinking? They thinking they want a piece of that. I mean, you can't. But it's crazy. Like it's, it's like what what world did you think that was going to fly in? I mean, you don't Here's the thing. If you want a piece of that, you don't take the piece from the creators. No. You take the well, piece from the from the people who are making the money on it. Well, like it's, well, it's like somebody made a comparison to what Wizards of the Coast tried to do uh earlier like before like in the last year or so where they tried to like start getting getting a cut of any time anyone created their own D&D world or game and like all that and it's like no that's the that's the antithesis of why this works yeah. it's like it's a it, and it's and it's like unity looked at that and was like oh that's a really good idea it's like no it's not it really isn't a good idea it's one of the worst ideas anyone has ever had and the idea that it went through more it, the idea that anyone who brought that up in some meeting didn't get laughed out of the building and then probably terminated like is and I mean terminated by a robot with a gun. Like, I mean, I mean, I, I mean, like Arnold Schwarzenegger terminated. Like, like unbelievable, well, just unbelievable. Well, we'll play Taps for Unity because it is indeed dead. Um, just insane. So anyway, Unity just destroyed its business. Yeah, I did like what the. Did you see what the Terraria guys did? No. Uh, they um, were because the, the Terraria guy. I can't remember the name of their company. It's like R something or Re something. Mm -hmm. But they were like, we think this is ridiculous, and like the so they donated a hundred thousand dollars each to uh, Godot and another competing upcoming like independent game engine, engine yeah. and are now going to have, every month they're going to send each of those game engines projects a thousand dollars a month to help <laughs> keep them working because they're like we need something to replace Unity that everybody can trust, and we think these two are the best, and we're going to throw a bunch of our money towards it because we think that we we think it needs to happen and unity is basically it's like it's not just that unity fucked up is that the the absence of unity will cause an actual real problem a ripple yeah in, more in, than a ripple in that, that part of the gaming world so like everyone's scrambling to figure out what to do next like yeah. man like and there was there were jokes about like oh silk song delayed another four years to put it on a, a new engine and all this shit it's like oh hey yep so anyway um Unity just destroyed his business, basically. Relogic, that's what it is. That Relogic. was the people that made Terraria. Yeah. Terraria. So anyway, RIP Unity. <laughs> you only you only have yourself to blame. Uh, next up, a lot of people have complained about um, how Bethesda signed a deal with AMD for Starfield and how it kept things like DLSS. Except uh, it didn't, according to AMD. And as it turns out, like, AMD is like, what the hell are you talking about? Yeah, we don't do that. Like, yeah, we don't make those deals. Yeah. And, like, and so now Bethesda has come out and said, all right, well, <laughs> DLSS support and FOV slider support, it's all coming very shortly. Mm -hmm. they, the bottom line is they just couldn't get it ready for launch. Which is weird because someone had it working in a day right. after it came out. It's like, yeah, just a fan got it working in like a day. Like, it's just bizarre. Like, you're a fucking move, Jedi Survivor. Yeah, exactly. Still doesn't have DLSS. Yeah, I know. Still yeah. doesn't run right on I just NVIDIA saw Digital cards. Foundry just put out an updated analysis of it yesterday. It's, it's up on Sifted. And it's just like, pfft. Yeah. <laughs> what are you doing? Like, like, it runs better, but yeah. it doesn't run how it should. Yeah. Still. 
It's a mess. So, and you do wonder. I still am confused why Stig left Respawn. I, I hope someday we'll figure out what what happened there. But I wonder if there's weird stuff going on behind the scenes there that made him leave. But um, the good news is, if you're a PC player and you're enjoying Starfield, it shouldn't be long. You have DLSS support and an FOV slider and all the other stuff that most PC games have and Starfield should have had at launch. Next up, we found out this week that EA's e- Electronic Arts Entertainment, remember they split apart now, it's EA Entertainment and EA Sports. One of the latest projects from EA Entertainment, Wild Hearts, it is a Monster Hunter clone. Was this made by Team Ninja? Is that right? I Or no, it was know. made by Omega Force, I think. Yeah, that sounds right. I don't know, I blocked this one out. Yeah, it was, well, it was an EA game made by a Japanese developer, which, like, never happens, Mm -hmm. and maybe it shouldn't have happened, because after just seven months on the market, EA is ready to shut down Wild Hearts. Of course, yeah. And... Just like the people, the company that made Immortals of Avium, they just, half their their company got laid off. Yeah. Yeah, which is really gross and nasty. And what does this do? This, this tells consumers, players, fans, that... Unless something goes gangbusters right out of the gate, EA's going to drop it. Yeah. So you lose consumer confidence in your brand at that point. And it's like, wait, should I jump into this? Should I buy this game? What happens if other people don't buy it? Is EA just going to take it offline in five months? And it's going to, my purchase is going to be worth it? Because this game is really only worth it to play online with other people. Once the servers go down, this game is basically worthless. So... EA's entertainment group, I don't know what it's doing. I, one, I don't know why it's signing these games. If you rewind back to when we covered this game on Game Face, pretty much the crux of my discussion was why? Like, what the hell? Why would EA publish this game? Mm-hmm. This is not in its wheelhouse. It never works with Japanese developers, ever. It apparently doesn't really understand the Japanese market either. Again. And you'd have to... I don't know what kind of world you have to live in where you think that anyone can take on Monster Hunter. Like, I know. There is no room for that. No. Like, I would not... For me, there's not. One of the last things I'd want to try to make would be something to compete directly with Monster Hunter. Because Monster Hunter basically owns its niche. Yeah. Because people only want a new game like that once every few mm-hmm. years, and Monster Hunter delivers it right on time. And it's a good game. Like, I understand they see the money that Capcom's making or whatever. They're like, well, we want a piece of that. Well, it takes more than just hiring some lackey Japanese studio to make a game for you to do that. And if you remember, like, the verbiage in this game and the way everything was phrased, it was, like, very confusing and weird. Like, it was just two Japanese, and I don't understand why EA ever agreed to do this game or publish this game. It, I feel like EA is headed where Konami is where eventually you're only going to get a bunch of mobile games and its sports lineup Mm -hmm. and all its other stuff is just going to be gone. Well, we were talking, I was talking with some of my developer friends today after the Criterion news came out Mm -hmm. that they're going to basically force Criterion to work on Battlefield now. Uh, I think under Vince, but like... Yeah. Does EA realize that Battlefield doesn't have to exist? Yeah. Like, it ain't 2008 anymore. You don't have to have a military shooter on the market. Call of Duty is its own perpetual thing, sure. Yeah. But, like, it's over. Yeah. Like, no one gives a shit about that. Battlefield 2042 did pretty much kill the franchise. Yeah. Like, yeah. you're done. Like, move on to do something else. You're sitting on a giant gold mine of, an, of even if you don't want to come up with something new, EA sitting on one of the biggest gold mine backlog, like, vaults of IP you could ever think. Like, where's Burnout 3 Remastered? Right. Where's... Where's Wing Commander Collection? Why are you taking Criterion off of making driving games? Well, 
I mean, I think I think we've had our shot at trying to make. I always forget Need for Speed is a thing. Unbound wasn't that long ago. It was last year. Yeah, yeah, but it's like again, maybe Need for Speed doesn't need to exist I mean, all the time. That's what I'm getting at, Matt. Like, I feel like EA's entire entertainment division doesn't need to exist anymore. Yeah, but it's also like it's gotten so small because it used to put out so much stuff. Not anymore. And now you're like, where? Where did that all go? Where you know? I mean, it seems like a miracle that the, the Dead Space remaster made it out. And they're probably not going to make another one of those because no. that also tanked. So, EA, I don't know. I do feel like maybe because of all this, EA might be right for acquisition. But then, do you want it? No, who? Like, yeah, you, yeah, you'd have to want to do something with their their vault, their old IP, like their old. Like you'd have to I mean, which again, maybe like Starfield's a big deal. Starfield, you know, is clearly going to be critical mass on a leveled up. So putting something like that on PlayStation. Would be an interesting idea. Somebody should go, you know, go in and pick up Starflight, which is sitting in the in EA's vault, and make a game like that out of that. Uh, again, the people who are, the, the EA is paying for consulting work are terrible. They're terrible. The people who told them to sign this game, the people who told them to bring back Dead Space, all that stuff ended up being terrible decisions, and they got bad information from people. I mean, even Immortals of Avium was not. That was a, a bad great decision. Pick. Yeah, game. Technically great, crafts and shit great, mm-hmm. but nobody wants it. And like, I think if you did another one with what they already learned from it and beefed it up and made it a little more robust in a bunch of different areas, you'd have something really special on your hands. But again, you have to be willing to commit to the long game on that, and EA never does that, as we're seeing right now with this game. So I'm almost, I'm almost ready to play taps for EA at this point, Matt. Like, I feel like it's that close to just tapping out of the entertainment side of the games. Like, it's making all its money on mobile and in sports games. Eventually, it's going to figure it out, and it's just going to stop. If I'm, they never, if I mean, if they didn't have Respawn, it just would, it wouldn't be any relevance. And then, like, meanwhile, yeah. Respawn's like, yeah, we're just going to put online play back into Titanfall 2 this week. For no good reason. Like, just there you go. There yeah. it is. And it's just like, great. Awesome. Like, why? But Why is Respawn the only co- <laughs> the only division of EA that seems to be able to do anything right at yeah. this point? Uh, which, which is why you're seeing Vince Sampella getting promoted. Oh, yeah. And I do think that maybe Stig was not promoted to the head of Respawn when Vince got promoted up. And I think that's maybe why he left. Hopefully we'll find out. I wonder something. who would be, though. Who else would it be? And look, if that's the case, I understand why Stig would leave. Mm-hmm. Be like... F you, man. Who else are you going to hire for that job? Like, yeah. Who knows? I think we'll find I mean, out. Someday out- what I mean, happened. their output, obviously, Apex Legends has been a big deal, but like their output has been Stig Star Wars games. Yeah. Yeah. For, for, you know, two in a row. Those now. are also selling like 14, 15 million yeah. copies, which by EA standards is a boon. That's through the roof. Yeah. For sure. That's especially, huge sales. especially considering single player games are dead and nobody wants them. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Every <laughs> EA has been wrong about everything for a very long time. It really has. Yeah. It's been run by idiots for a long time, apparently. Um, so anyway, EA's Wild Hearts going by. If you enjoyed that game, you better play as much as you can. It's gone in seven months. Uh, next up, we found out this week that The Sims 5 will be free to play. Again, another EA Entertainment. This is one franchise that has done pretty well, but mm. this is a big change for The Sims. How do you think that it's going to go over? I don't know. It depends how they're going to like integrate things, because they do seem like they're going to keep Sims 4 still existing alongside it. Because they they just released um, an expansion pack for The Sims 4 like yesterday, yeah. yeah. But it's like you know, I mean, you got to change up how you approach Sims uh, because like you can't keep doing the thing that they've done now four three times, which is like, all right, we're just gonna go back to vanilla, and you got to rebuy all basically the same expansions again as yeah. we as we make them over again in the new in the new system. Yep. Um, people were real sick of that, and there was a whole you know four had a big problem where like 
people wouldn't leave three. Right. Because they had so much mods, well, so you, much modding stuff. You put stuff that much in money place, into so it, you all, don't want to leave. Yeah, he's like, why would you? Yeah. I think they should call this just The Sims again. They should reboot it and mm-hmm. just make it a platform going forward. So people know, to your point, that if they buy stuff and they buy DLC and cosmetics, they're going to have them forever. Yeah. Like, that would be the way to do it. So maybe that's what's going to happen. I mean, they haven't technically announced mm-hmm. it yet. I think it's smart to not abandon four. Yeah, like keep keep that as a living platform. A, I mean, it's one of the few and eventually kind of bring bring five in a parody with with that, and then like maybe drop the five and just call it The Sims, and this is what it is now. Yeah, yeah. So we'll see what they do with that. But but again, is. that's the long game, and EA doesn't really do that. It's one of the few franchises that EA has that still makes money. Is The Sims as far as its entertainment portfolio versus its sport sports portfolio? So. Uh, we'll see. Again, we don't even know it's The Sims 5 yet, so it could be a total reboot just called The Sims. Yeah, all we know it's just it's the fifth game. The fifth game, yeah. Could be anything. So we'll see. Um, and then Unless fun- you count herbs. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about the, the herbs. That's right, the herbs. Um, and then the final note is Tokyo Game Show is coming up this week. Normally this, well, not normally, but back in the early aughts, this yeah, would be 15 a, years ago, yeah, this would be somebody would have cared. <laughs> Someone would have cared. Not so much anymore. And we, I am kind of seeing like the early stuff coming out, like the one thing I would say is keep your nose to the ground for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth because it does appear that it is going to be blown out big time at Tokyo Game Show. Um, and we'll get to Rebirth here in a little bit when we talk about Sony's state of play from last week. Uh, but that does appear to be one game that a lot of you guys will be interested in from Tokyo Game Show. And we'll have all that stuff curated for you, ready to rock at Sifted.net, just like every convention. There's no other place to go for any convention but Sifted.net. And like I said, we got a big show. So that's all we have for housekeeping this week. Um, how much time we got? It's still 40 minutes. <laughs> it's still going to be tight, I think, trying to get it all done in time. But we'll do our best. Uh, but before we get into the show proper, it's time to hear a word from our awesome sponsor, LS Cream. LS Cream is a fine cream liqueur created by fellow gamer and sifter, Stevens Charles. It's inspired by an ancestral recipe from Haiti called Cray Mass, and a double gold winner for its original taste at the New York Wine and Spirit International Competition. Ellis Cream can be enjoyed on the rocks or as a mixer for drinks with its rich blend of fresh cream and neutral grain spirits with notes of coconut, vanilla, cinnamon, and nutmeg. It's great in coffee or to make espresso martinis. To learn more, discover amazing drink recipes, or to track down your own bottle using a handy store locator, head to creamls.com sifted. That's creamls.com sifted. A big thanks to Ellis Cream for being our sponsor here for Game Face. As the ad says, go to creamls.com sifted. You can find a store locator there. You can order it online. Um, you can find recipes, learn how to make awesome drinks with LS Cream. And one thing I would say is LS Cream is extremely versatile. You can even just put a little bit in your coffee in the morning if you want to. I won't tell. <laughs> and no one will be able to tell. It's not like a crazy strong liquor either. Like you can just mix it with like fun, uh, good tasting drinks and just gives a little bit of a tweak. Um, but you'd probably have to drink, I would guess, half a bottle of LS Cream to feel a buzz off of it. Yeah. It's not a high alcohol content. Is it's it? a liqueur. Um so it's not something that you like you take a drink of it and you're like oh my gosh like it just mixes nice and smooth with other spirits if you'd like 17 percent that's liquor though i mean you talk about vodka or whatever it's like 40 50 percent so yeah um but it's a great mixer with so many different things again go to creamls.com get faster than beer 
That's true. Yeah. Yeah, if you drink that, yeah. I mean, that's like five times beer or whatever, mm-hmm. four times beer. But anyway, head to creamls.com slash sifted, that's S-I-F-T-D, and learn all about this awesome liqueur. And with that, it is time to kick things off for Game Face 358 proper. We're gonna kick things off with the huge Xbox leaks that happened yesterday. Now you guys may be, at this point, may be glazing over with the Xbox leaks because there is all this information that came out during the FTC hearings over the acquisition of Activision Blizzard. That was just the tip of the iceberg. In fact, most of the information we got from those leaks, or they weren't even really leaks, they were just discovery, were like fun, but not like real serious stories. It was almost like anecdotal stuff. The stuff that we got yesterday, serious stories. Like we basically now have the roadmap for Xbox for the next like eight years. Well, we have what it was like three years ago. Yeah. yeah these are these are very old documents for the most well, part. Well, I thought most of them for 2020. They were from 2020, right? Yeah. So it's like three, three years, years ago. ago. That's not that it, long though. That's because a lot of these it, plans. But like you look at the Bethesda schedule, and it's like none of that's right anymore because so much stuff slipped. Like maybe Starfield pushed everything's pushed all this stuff. The only the only notable revelation game wise in any of this was that Dishonored three might exist, which yeah. I did not expect to happen. Oh, the, the Fallout three remaster. There's other stuff. Anyway, I have everything set up. We need to we need to talk about it in a very. I don't specific mean, I, order. I just agree with Cesar. I don't think this is all that big. Like it, it's 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 like okay. a, I mean it's a big li- there, it's a we, big. We just leak, found out but. about three new con- Xbox consoles. Well, they're they're new shells. Huh. Like the new the the con- well the console uh, refresh is the same hardware with a different it's oh, no, a circle no. now. There's others though that are not okay. Let's talk about in it. the far for a future. But that, okay, it, so I just, it, three new Xboxes is, were uncovered. I think this is a lot of noise about nothing for the most part. You are on an island on that one because the internet's like exploding. I will, I will sit on that. Well, yeah, because they <laughs> you and you and Cessler are sitting on me an and Cessler are sitting on the island of being <laughs> correct, and you guys can drive for clicks. Let's go. Let's see. <laughs> Because this was all really dull to me, frankly. What? How? Because most of it was either stuff that was obvious or so far in the future that it's probably not even relevant because it's three-year-old documents about shit that's going to happen in 2028. Okay. We'll get to something that if you tell me it didn't blow your mind, I'll call you a liar. Eventually, mm-hmm. we'll get to it. Because I don't know how it could not blow your mind. But anyway, three new consoles were leaked, released, whatever. And as it turns out, this was all Microsoft's fault because it uploaded documents to the court website it was that they had not even requested. Well, they, yeah, this is this is technically still discovery. It's just somebody didn't encrypt what they were uploading. Microsoft basically overshared. Someone up- again probably should be fired for right. this one. It's a huge, huge. I mistake. mean, the problem is not even the scheduling and the and the the main the more serious stuff are the emails. Like yeah, the e- some, some embarrassing of the, stuff like, in there. The main thing is like guys. Keep some of this shit to the meetings. Like, yeah. don't email each other about some of this. Like, I have never. Like, there are some things that even if I was in a business situation where I thought some of this stuff, I would never put Type that in retrievable. In right? No, nope. no, no. I wouldn't even text message people some of that shit. Are so, there? You'd be shocked how many stupid people there are. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, <laughs> it's really crazy. So anyway, three new pieces of hardware were revealed through these documents. Whether they actually come out when they say they are, who knows? But the first one is called Elwood. E-L-L-E-W-O-O-D, which is a light refresh of Xbox Series S, which is set for September 2024, um, as of right now, or as of those documents anyway. Who knows now when stuff will come out? But we got, like, uh, let me see if I can get the right one up here. 
Yep. So here's there, these documents, by the way, PowerPoint present, all this stuff was in there uploaded. Here is the launch timelines for consoles that Microsoft uploaded again to that court website. So you can see there, it shows you like Xbox Series X and S when they launched. And then they, if you look down at the bottom there, it says mid-gen console um, announcement. So they, mm-hmm. they're basically planning on announcing. And that's June next year. Uh, next year, right. They're basically planning on it. They were planning on announcing Elwood like the middle of next mm-hmm. year. Or, then, or they were in like 2020. Right, right. Which, And then you can see if you go ahead to September there, that the Elwood one terabyte Xbox Series S launches at 299. Mm-hmm. Then you go to November, and that's when, and by the way, both of these would be announced next June for release in September, and then in November, the Brooklyn 2 terabyte launch unit, which is a disc-free Xbox Series X. Yeah, you basically, tra- it's it's an Xbox Series X, but you trade the disc drive for a terabyte of storage. Yep, and I think actually maybe two terabytes. Yeah, two terabytes, you can see it there. Yeah, but the old oh, you're saying X you get the extra terabyte, terabyte. so gotcha, you get gotcha. two in this one, so you get a terabyte in exchange for the disc for the disk drive. Because how it, do you feel the, about that? I probably take it if I didn't already have one because I haven't. I don't think I've actually used the disc drive for anything. I've used it like three times. Um, I think. Certainly, on, I've used the disc drive on the PlayStation more. Me too. Yeah. Um, but again, this is the exact same hardware mm-hmm. as the X. It's just got an extra terabyte in it, and the L would I think it was an extra fifty. 500 gigs? 500 gigs, yeah. So basically a little more storage space, which is good. Well, actually, remember, they had that black but I carbon. Struck, but I struggle to call these new systems. They're the same hardware. They're not more powerful. They're not going to run the games any different. They're That's just, true. They're yeah. just gonna, you're just going to not have to delete stuff as often. Well, the Elwood is also kind of redundant now because the black carbon Series S, doesn't it already have a one terabyte drive? I don't actually know. I think it does. Uh, but they bumped up the price fifty mm-hmm. bucks. I think it's three fifty for the black carbon mm-hmm. and the and the the new the two terabyte thing. I think is it's it's a cylinder now instead of a yeah. Box. I have I have an image of that as well. So here Which is, is like, what, all right, sure. I guess here's you, what Brooklyn looks like. As long as you don't have to put a disc drive in it, I guess you don't have to have edges. Yeah. Right? So it's basically just like a a circle, like yeah. Um, it's an it's an X. It's, that's not a box anymore. Yeah. It's, How do you feel about that design? I, I don't know. It looks like a. It looks like a. Alexa or something. It's, like, it's okay. just a cylinder. Like first, it was just a rectangle. Now the new one's just a cylinder. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, this is just Xbox Series X hardware. Although you can see here in this graphic, there are a lot of tweaks, Matt. Now it doesn't make it more powerful, but it makes it like more energy efficient. There's new Wi-Fi and stuff in it. There's like there's new components in it, but the base hardware, the GPU and CPU, yeah, the stay part, the, same. the part that I actually that matters. care about, yeah, yeah, do stay the same. Um, I think that. It looks terrible. I'm not a fan of that console design at all. Uh, but again, this was back in 2020. This could all be changed. I would argue, Matt, that this stuff is so far along that it's probably coming true. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it'll be on the same time right. line, but like it's just, it's probably going to happen. Seems like they're already mostly there. Yeah. Like this doesn't seem like a proposal so much as like here as a plan. Right. Yep. So. And then here's another graphic that was pulled out of the uploaded documents, and it shows, it says, each generation of Xbox has also brought new innovations to Microsoft. And so they show Xbox Series X with Project X Cloud and Cloud Gaming, and then Cloud Hybrid Games for the new consoles that come out yeah, in 2028. promising for three generations now. Yeah, and I don't know what the immersive game and app platform is supposed to mean. I don't know. That seems like the most generic, vague, <laughs> business-speak bullshit I've ever read. Yeah. But. Um, so anyway, oh, you're gonna make you're gonna make the games immersive now. Wow, yeah. 
<laughs> I guess you should have thought of that 20 years ago with the first Xbox, yeah. but at least you're getting to it now. What? This is all nonsense. Like, this is right. all crap you'd see in a business meeting that you forget five minutes later. Well, this is what they send to each other to brainwash right. each other inside the company. <laughs> and, and, then, and you'll notice that like, it goes from low to full. Right, yeah. What? What the fuck does that We've mean? We've all worked at companies where we got yeah. presentations like this. And, like, you sit there and act like you're paying attention. And as soon yeah. as you walk out, you start laughing. Yeah, well, finally, in the fifth generation of Xbox, we got as green as we always wanted it to be. That's what, that's apparently what that means. I don't know. Yep. Um, so, anyway. Um, and then there's also another console called the XDL. And the XDL is... Um, Basically, the Brooklyn, except you can use the Xbox Design mm-hmm. Lab to customize the cil- cylindric. Is that correct? Is that the right word? Yeah, whatever. The console the cylinder, with skins yeah. or whatever. So you can color it however you want, kind of like what you can do with the, con- the controllers right now at Xbox Design Lab. And again, that's called the XDL. Yeah, once again, I struggle to call that a new system. Like yeah. It's just... It's dumb. Like yeah. it's real dumb. <laughs> like it's, it's like who wants? Like, I mean, customizing your controller was kind of a cool idea. Not mm-hmm. that I ever ended up doing it, but like yeah. I can see the appeal of that. This one is just like what? Yeah. All right. Like, I don't know. Like it's the the obsession with customization. It feels left over from that like Xbox 360 launch presentation right. with Jay Allard. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like. <laughs> No one gives a shit, dude. Yeah. Like, no I one, mean, people do. They do, but it's enough to go through a separate website and wait an extra amount of time. I mean, I would never do it. Other than, like, just go to Best <laughs> Buy or Walmart and buy the... Yeah. Like, it just seems so neat. And, like, what happens if something breaks on that thing? Now you, you're custom... It's not like you can just exchange it. You yeah. gotta, like, have to get it, it customized again. It or, it's, it's yeah. like, it just seems like more trouble than it's worth. Yep. So, anyway, that's the new hardware that's supposed to get Xbox out to 2028, which is a long ways away still. And you're right. Like, it is a little disappointing that they're looking at 2028 and they're not looking at improving the performance of the console. Mm-hmm. That is a little concerning. I mean, at least they were accurate when the, when Phil kept saying, like, we don't need right. a, a pro <laughs> yeah. version. Because they're clearly not. They're, they're just they're not interested. add yeah. a little more storage and let you, I don't know, fuck with the case a little bit. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's, and there's probably better cooling, and it doesn't cost as much to run. Like, it's greener. Like, it's made out of, like, yeah. recyclable material. Maybe that's what the arrow means. It's maybe. It's, full, yeah. full green. <laughs> now you can throw it in a landfill. Right. That's what it means. <laughs> you can't do that with the original Xbox. It'll it'll mutate all the deer. Yeah. Um, and then the other final piece of hardware that was leaked out in all these documents is a brand new Xbox controller that looks like a black and white cookie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> The, con- the controller is called the Sabile, S-E-B-I-L-E. I've never heard that word before. Have you? No, Sabile. Sabile, Sabile. I'm not sure how to The others are it. all misspelled, too, so maybe it's just, maybe it's supposed to be Seville. Maybe. Like Sabile. <laughs> I don't know. I've never Brooklyn heard that word. spelled wrong. Elwood yeah. is spelled wrong. Or is it a... Is it? Are they Blues Brothers references? Is that what they are? Maybe. Is there a Sabile, Seville something maybe. In, in Blues Brothers? I don't remember That's that funny. That's a good catch, though. Um, so this controller is basically Xbox's answer to the DualSense. Yeah. It has haptic feedback, haptic triggers. Um, it has a gyro. It has brand new analog sticks. It has crazy connectivity, so it connects to, like, anything. It basically, it's Bluetooth. It'll connect to your, your phone or your iPad, your tablet, your PC, your Xbox. Um, ugly is sin. Yeah. <laughs> And I'm guessing, you know, they'll be more than just black or white. They'll have other two-tone, like, color schemes or whatever. 
Um, but I would argue Xbox needs this, and I would hope that it doesn't wait until 2028 to release his controller. Like, its controller is behind. That's just the truth. Unless you have a, one of the elites. Even the elites are behind as far as haptic feedback and all that yeah, stuff is concerned. Yeah, but I cannot express to you how much I don't care about I that. do like it. And the I, only, there, I, the only thing that I am impressed by with this controller is that it's cheaper than I would think they would make Yeah. That. Um, well, I mean, you get the DualSense for eighty bucks. So yeah, but it's it has like, to compete. But you know, they could easily frame this as sort of an elite, elite two, like, or not an elite e three. Or they already crap. have an elite two, right? But they they could easily frame this as something between the normal controller and the elite, and yeah. go for like a hundred. That's true. Something. Yeah, but it seems like they're going for seventy. Which yeah. is they're going to try to make it fine. the default controller, which they should. And I do like the haptic feedback. I don't like it in everything. Like I, turn I don't it like off. it enough to buy a seventy dollars controller separately for it. Yeah, like, I, I don't mind if it comes with the system next time. That's what I'm guessing. It, My guess is this controller is packed in with all the new consoles: the Elwood, the Brooklyn, yeah, the XDL. I would think so. um, I just think well, it, unless it really is 2028, in which case, no. Yeah, because that's next. Well, year. they may start packing it in with the existing Series X or Series S consoles. Too. I wouldn't think this would take that much time to, to roll yeah. out as like the new standard. Yeah. They need to do it, and I think this is a good product, and I think it'll do well. Um, I've liked pretty much all Xbox's controllers. It's just falling a little bit behind PlayStation right now, and it just needs to yeah, catch I, up. I just don't agree with that. I think there's still better controllers. Like, yes, they do not have the haptic feedback and the touchscreen thing, but I don't care about those. But see, I don't like the triggers on the Elite either. The triggers on the DualSense are way better for oh, playing I, games. Nah, There's way more know. action. They're not they're not clicky click. They're like they're clicky the Elite clicky like triggers buttons. Are not clicky. I don't like the shoulder buttons on the Xbox controllers as much as the DualSense anymore. I once again playing Mortal Kombat have reestablished myself that I still don't think the shoulder buttons on the PlayStation get, work. Proper. I mix the two of them up all the time. I mm. never do that on the Xbox. I ever. I well, we'll just agree to disagree. I like DualSense way better than Xbox controller, and you like Xbox better than DualSense. Yeah. I mean, just the fact that the Xbox controller is still skewed sticks instantly better. See, Always I can better. jump between them. It doesn't make any difference to me. I, I have a I can pick one up, prep, set it down, and pick the other one right back up, and it makes no difference. I mean, it's not like I have trouble playing on the DualSense, but it's just more comfortable to play that way. Right. And I don't understand why they think their buttons need to be quieter. I don't think either of the controllers are particularly loud. It's not I think Xbox buttons are clicky-clacky. I think the D-pad's clicky-clacky. Maybe the... I don't remember. On I the, definitely on the Elite, it. the D-pad is like clack-clack-clack-clack. Nah, nah, Pull it out. It's right there. And hit it. I don't think it's in there. Oh. Dude, they're definitely clicky clack. I mean, I use Elite 2, which isn't clicky at I all. I do, too. That's what I have. And it definitely makes... My, my dual sense makes no noise when I use the D-pad. It's silent. You can hear using the D-pad on the Elite 2. You can. You know that. I don't use the D-pad much, so... <laughs> Okay, but it's, just, um, it's it's so nitpicky bullshit that it's, it's that the idea of paying seventy dollars to fix that is crazy. Um, that's it, just one of like twenty things. Like, yeah, but none of that is interesting to me. To you, you I don't have a think, problem I disassociating think, yourself from everybody else. No, I don't really. Because <laughs> uh, most of the a lot of the times, what I think does end up being aligning with how those things perform. I mean, most I mean, people love the DualSense. I mean, most people have loved the PlayStation controllers since the beginning, but the, I don't. I've never liked them. I, I haven't either until the, the DualSense. DualSense is the first one I think is even decent. DualShock Four was pretty good. DualShock Four was an improvement, but it still but wasn't very before good. Before that, I hated PlayStation controllers. Now I think they have the best controllers. They've definitely improved it, but they're not against the Elite Two. Mm -mm. I disagree. I use but the Elite again, Two on the matter of a. I use the Elite Two on the PC for a reason. I could certainly put a dual sense on it if I wanted to, but nah. Nah, I like dual sense better. Um, we've been asking for forever. We've been trying to figure out what, and again, I can't understand why you don't think there's news here, Matt. <laughs> this is crazy that you don't think that there's news in this. Um, we've been trying to figure out forever, like, what Microsoft is paying publishers, developers to put games on Game Pass, and we had no clue. Now we have a clue. 
we've now learned that typically publishers of big AAA third-party games expect Microsoft to pay them 100 to 300 million dollars to put their game on Game Pass. That mm. is insane. It's about what I would have thought. Really? You yeah. thought it was that high? Because you're trying to offset everything you would have sold on that platform, maybe plus a little bit more from people who might have been choosing between, you know, PC or PlayStation 5 or Xbox and who are then going to Xbox because they get it quote unquote for free through Game Pass. And that about adds up to what you'd expect in a lost sales from something that is going to sell a ridiculous amount of copies in a AAA space. See, I wasn't looking at it that way. Like, look, if you want to get a third party. I mean, game, I wasn't sure if Microsoft was actually playing ball on that level. But if I was a third party publisher, that's what I would be asking for. I wasn't sure if Microsoft was actually paying that kind of money. But clearly they are. I would ask for that much money. It's certainly where you start. In a negotiation yeah. with Microsoft on it. I'm surprised, a little bit surprised, that anyone got $300 million out of them. I, I, I assume would, that's for, like, Red Dead or something. If, if I was a publisher, if if Microsoft wanted the game exclusively on Game Pass, sure. That makes mm -hmm. total financial sense. But if you're just, like, saying, well, we're going to put it on Game Pass for a month, and you're also going to be able to buy it, and once it disappears off Game Pass, you're going to continue to be able to buy it at full price, that seems outrageous. It doesn't seem outrageous to me, really, because of, because of how front-loaded sales are these days. But for, the problem and not is, just for games, for everything. The problem is nobody's buying games for Xbox, or at least it's drastically right, decreased. But, but they're not buying it because they just can get it through Game Pass, and all Microsoft wants is you to be in that ecosystem, right. as we've been saying forever. So if you've got Microsoft money to throw around, and they do, like, I guess so. Like, I mean, I still think you run into the problem that Packer's been talking about forever. It's like, how long can they keep this up and justify it internally yeah i just don't think but, there's any way you can turn a profit if you're paying this much money out for game pass like for each game that's I don't crazy know. i mean i don't think that's for each i think the 300 million is pretty rare well they said it's for big budget triple a yeah. games like you're talking about huge i mean i don't know what you'd even qualify as that well Red the, Dead, the truth Red be told there, there haven't been that many games like that on game pass that's no. the sad truth i like, mean there have been but they all been most of them first party right obviously they're not paying themselves well, all first party should be on they're there. not paying themselves 300 right million, yeah this so. is all about third party like I don't think that's a sustainable business model. And I think this is the first time we've had empirical evidence that Game Pass may not be a sustainable business model. We kind of suspected before, and you know, just because we've been in the industry a long time, like we have not been able, at least myself, I have not been able to mm. make it make sense in my mind the whole time, Matt. And now I know why, because this is what I was juggling in my mind, these amounts where I was like, how do you get that money right. back? I mean, they also a lot of the games that they were listing on like what the prices were, they weren't on Game Pass, so mm -hmm. clearly that didn't go through. Yeah, they they decided not to do the deal. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, we've always just assumed that they have they internally they must know something or have a plan. And we'll see how. I mean, even Phil's admitted that they don't know if it's actually going to play out. It sounds like sounds like they might be ready to make a major pivot in 2028 if that doesn't work work out the way they're expecting it to. Maybe I don't even even know if they expect it to work out that way. Yeah. Um, it's still not the worst decision they've made in the last 15 years, so, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, I mean, the good news is, it's here's the thing. Like, it's all good for us. Like, Microsoft is losing a ton of money for us, basically. it's We are allowed to spend $15 a month, a little more now, for Game Pass. 
to get all these awesome games for like dirt cheap and microsoft is paying the bill yeah, it's I mean, like kind of like what epic is doing with epic game store right now with I mean, all its free games pretty much just like an enjoy it while you got it pretty thing. much yeah like it's probably not gonna last forever yeah agreed yep it's too good to if it's like the old adage but again yes. like what i'm saying here when i say that this i don't think this is a particularly ex- interesting leak is like we already knew that we didn't know that though. I didn't. We it was pretty safe to say enjoy it while it lasts. And we don't know how they're possibly making money on this or what the deal might be. We have some concrete numbers about what people were asking for and apparently not getting in some cases because yeah. the the deal didn't go through. But it's like as far as like, me, like you know, for me, like does that, you know, as a player as a, for general players, does this matter to any of us? Not really. Like it's it's just it's good for us for now that Microsoft is doing this, however they're doing it, and for how much money they're doing it behind the scenes. But in the end, it's not going to really change anything in our gaming lives. No, well, it may make that. people sign up because they're like, I want to get in on this before it's gone. Because I really don't think it's sustainable, like at all. Um, but again, enjoy the ride while it lasts. Enjoy that Microsoft money while it lasts. Um, and then some other stuff came out that Microsoft was interested in purchasing Nintendo and Valve, mm-hmm. the two potentially biggest well, acquisition the, targets the, on the planet. I mean, planet. these are the emails that is just like, what are you doing? I know. Talking about this shit in email. Like, I, and like, it's not even, I mean, who? Uh, yeah, sure. Phil, Her- Phil, Phil Spencer saying like, oh, yeah, it sure would be a career-making coup to buy Nintendo. Like, yeah. No shit. Absolutely. <laughs> no shit. Yeah. It would also be a career-making coup to land an Xbox on the moon. Like, as long as we're fucking making shit up. Like, yeah. what, what does that even mean? Or like, to make a good Halo game. Yeah. Sing. Yeah, well, not mentioned anywhere in any of this <laughs> exactly. stuff. I noticed. Yeah. It's like it doesn't exist inside Microsoft. Even Land though anymore. these were coming out, these these are from an era where they were actively working on yeah. on one, right? Like, and no one's talking. No about one's talking it. about Halo. It's like no one, no one is under any delusion that Halo is going to save them. That yeah. was one of the. That is one of the interesting things from this. It's just like, oh, you're not talking about Halo or Gears of War or any like none of that. I mean, stuff. some of that was just because a lot of it's related to Bethesda and hardware stuff, but mm-hmm. it's like. It's just interesting that in all of these weird emails, no one ever mentions like the three things that they've leaned on yeah. for the last 15 years. Well, I think in some of the cases, they had just uploaded the right documents. Like those games aren't really related to those cases at all. Like they would have made a mistake if they had uploaded stuff with information like that because mm-hmm. those are first party games. But still, I hear you. Like you would think in some of those emails, there'd be some mention of like their big first party stuff, but there wasn't. Um, And then here's the biggest one to me. This is the one that shocked me the most. And maybe you haven't even seen this yet, Matt. Is that 75% of all Xbox Series consoles sold are Xbox Series S. Mm -hmm. 75%. Now, so much stuff makes sense. Like, why? We're like, just drop the Series S, Microsoft. Like, what are you doing? You're keeping games from being released on your platform. This is why. Because they're not selling any Xbox Series X consoles. Everyone's buying the Xbox Series mm-hmm. S. They can't. They they have to make games available for S. Otherwise, there's no one's playing games but on Xbox. But it's interesting that if that, that balance was so off that the Xs were still selling out before they could even make it up onto the websites. Yeah. Um, so it makes me that all that makes me wonder is what the production numbers were ratio possible ratio wise. Is that's possible? Seventy five percent. That's more than just production, man. That's people making a choice. And what that says to me is that a lot of people are buying Xbox as a second console, either to just play the first party stuff or to just play Game Pass. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, I'm just gonna go with the cheapest option. 
I'm going to pick the Xbox Series S, and it looks good enough that I can play Halo Infinite, and I can play Redfall, and I can play Starfield, and I can subscribe to Game Pass, and it looks good enough. Mm-hmm. I mean, if people are buying you Switch You want to waste still, your money, go ahead. But if, yes. pe- look, if people are still buying Switch, Matt, like... A lot of people just don't care that much about having the highest fidelity. I mean, right, but the thing with Switch is it's always built to work on Switch because Switch is singular. Like, But if with the S, you're going to run into issues like it just doesn't fucking work mm-hmm. right. To the, you know, it's like it's, it's, but it's never going away. Now that we know this data, the S is never going away. That's mm-hmm. why you see a plan for and it. There will always be a weak-ass, cheaper version of the Xbox yeah. every generation. Yeah, like we're seeing it. They, they have plans for it until 2028. Yeah. Like, there this. will there will always be an Xbox Switch. Yeah, <laughs> this blew my mind. I lit. I thought it was like seventy five twenty five in the favor of Xbox Series X. I would have thought it was more even, like fifty fifty. Really? Yeah. I would have thought um, Series X in a just by just by how both of them were impossible to get for a period of, yeah. for such a period of time in that shortage area. Um, I would have thought they're both selling about even seventy five S is remarkable i'll say this matt as soon as i heard this news i started thinking back to a lot of the people on sifted in the conversations and various threads and everything how many of them said that they got a series s Mm -hmm. and i just blew it off and didn't even think twice about it now i'm like it all makes sense they're doing what everybody else was doing they're buying the cheaper Mm -hmm. console it just doesn't quite track to me in the sense of like it would track better for me if the S was cheaper than it is. Yeah. It's so close to the X's price that it 200 just bucks. feels like... 200 bucks, but like... That's a big... That's a lot of money for a lot of people. It can be, but it's like the what you get in exchange is significant. Yeah, it sucks. <laughs> like, that's But again, I think some people are just okay with good enough. Somewhat. I mean, but also, like, again, like we were talking about EA pulling the plug on things, like, I w- back at launch, I would if I was deciding between the two... I wouldn't want an S because I wouldn't trust him to keep it going. Yeah. I mean, obviously, I mean, after that's, obviously the, that's not the case here. After the Baldur's Gate 3 thing, you have reason to be a little mm-hmm. nervous about it, for sure. But if looking at those numbers... Yeah. And like, I mean, look, if the only compromise on Baldur's Gate 3 is that there's no split-screen co-op, right. like, who fucking care? You know, yeah. like, you know that's a minor thing. <coughs> but, like, you know, you just I just don't know. Like, it's, it's, it's such a... St- it's such a like. It, I would say that like at this, maybe you don't even make the S cheaper in the future, but it maybe does indicate that you could make the X more expensive. Maybe, like make the because the market's kind of small. Like, in the next, like, for the next gen, my theory, if I were at Microsoft, I'd be like, okay, let's keep the S equivalent about where it is in terms of price and power differential. Let's make the more expensive one more expensive six seven and more power and it runs like, ray tracing this, actually yeah, works yeah let's make this thing a fucking beast <laughs> right like maybe yeah. that frees you up to really mess with yeah, that. that's encouraging to think about for sure <laughs> um but i was shocked to get this this data i was like are you effing kidding me it is definitely more than i would have thought yeah yeah um and i don't think it's going away no i think it's here to stay i would so. also love to see like actual game data on S usage, yeah, because I do know that a lot of S's were sold as emulator machines. That's true too. Like there, the lot of them. Well, you could see it whenever Microsoft locked it out. Yeah, they actually they actually the went through the trouble online. to do that. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, exactly. How yeah, yep. So anyway, that's interesting information that's showing you that a lot of the Xbox, I believe a lot of Xbox customers are using it as their second console, and they just are okay with buying the cheaper version. It's a little weaker. Um, and then as Matt hinted at a little bit earlier, there were some games, potential games that are coming out that were leaked. A Fallout 3 remaster. I found that mm-hmm. kind of interesting. Um, why would they do Fallout 3 instead of Fallout 4? 
Obviously, Fallout, Fallout 4 doesn't need to be remastered. You don't think so? It's too recent. It looks pretty rough at this point, I it think. It looked rough when it came out. But Fallout, right. But, two, but A, <laughs> Fallout 3 is... How old is that? It's 2006, right? Yeah. Yeah, that game's ancient. It it's, absolutely needs to be... I mean, I replayed that on during 2020 on vanilla on Xbox One. Mm-hmm. Or was that Xbox One? Yeah, Xbox One X. And it was fine. Yeah, I still enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, Fallout 3 could definitely use the facelift for sure. Um, also... Fallout 3 is a much better game than 4. It is, 4. yeah. So, well, Fallout 4 got a little bloated. Now, by the way, you're seeing Fallout 4 right now. I didn't have a Fallout 3 trailer on the TriCast. Oh, who has Fallout 3 footage? I mean, you'd have to really special order that one. <laughs> well, it also would be at like 480p. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then another game that was leaked, as Matt alluded to earlier, Dishonored 3. They're just going to keep fucking that chicken, apparently. Um, I mean... How many times does that thing need to? Ta- I mean, look, I, I, not that I think Dishonored shouldn't exist or anything. Right. But it's like, how many times do you need to have that, that thing tank before you prove to yourself that there's not really a wide market for this thing? I Unless- think the problem is, is that well, Arcane kind of proved it with Redfall, is that it's right. It's very good at a very specific. Oh, it is, type yeah, of it game. definitely specializes. And again, this is old data, so it's like. Mm-hmm. You know, who knows if this even They may have canceled anymore. it. Maybe. You Particularly know. with games. Like, games could easily be canceled in the last three years. Mm-hmm. Like, no doubt about it. I also would be surprised if Dishonored 3 ever comes out. But neither neither of the first two games sold really like well, the, despite really high review scores. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it's not like they're bad. I mean, yeah. I don't like them very much, but mm-hmm. it's not like they're bad games. No. They're, they're For what they are, they are probably the best They're example. the best in, yeah. They're in best class. in the business in that. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, sort of like Starfield. It's like no one else is making these. Yeah. No one's even trying. Yeah. So, Maybe yeah. for a reason. <laughs> um, yeah, true. Well, um, in the case of Starfield, or Bethesda stuff, I think it's just because it's so hard to do. In the case of these i just don't think there's much of a market yeah although you never know like you know all it takes is one game to break that bank you know i mean look at elden ring yeah all it takes is or even demon souls yeah all it takes is one game to give something critical who knows what stalker 2 might do you know like maybe stalker 2's position just right to make that happen and then dishonor 3 makes a lot more sense possible i mean i don't think they're thinking that you know wheels within wheels about this i just think it's probably just you know obvious it's obvious to let arcane make another dishonor because that's what they do yeah i would frankly rather have another prey but, we all, um, i think we all would honestly um and we may get I, that I instead of dishonored I, three <laughs> i think dishonored is more beloved overall than prey was. you think it has more fans I, dis- yeah I, I think for sure um i'm not a dishonored fan but dishonored is uh definitely mentioned positively more often than prey to me the abram's asking what should arcane do then i mean that's a good question that is a, that's, that's i mean the that's question, the, isn't it how much should yeah. they pay for them is that the hundred million dollar question <laughs> i mean arcane clearly makes what we insist apparently on calling immersive sims yeah. <laughs> um, to really just which, action rpgs yeah which is about <laughs> as useful as that immersive games and apps thing right fucking slot <laughs> it's that's it's just such a it's the worst subgenre name in all of games yeah um almost as dumb as people trying to call metroidvania's search search action <laughs> die <Okay. laughs> um but like yeah, you've got Arcane, that, especially that that branch of Arcane just specializes in that kind of game. And it's like, what else do you want them to do? I really? mean, they look, they're still working on Redfall. There is a chance that they could get that into shape. And then maybe that gives them a new avenue. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I know. I'm just, I mean, I'm grasping Isterals. Uh, I think so are they. Yeah. Um, also, a new Doom was leaked called Doom Year Zero. 
What do you think that might be? Well, that's a prequel. You think it's right. just a prequel? I don't know what that would be. Exactly. That's what but I'm trying to say. Like, as far as <laughs> I know, Dooms. I mean, Doom. Unless, like, I guess it, in terms, because the new Dooms are basically, they are kind of sequels to the original games. Yeah. They, uh, because the, 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 was it? Doom the, guy. The Doom, Doom guy's waking up in his <laughs> magic coffin to, like, stop another invasion from hell. Yeah. So, theoretically, that Year Zero could be a remake of the original Doom. That could be. And that would be kind of cool. Where the portal first opens and right. some, yeah. some poor bastard has to fight them all down. <laughs> it might, that might be cool. Um, obviously, I think we all knew a Doom, another Doom game was coming. Doom yeah. Eternal sold very well. And um, now the question is, is it going to play like Eternal or is it going to play like 2016? Yeah. Because like, Eternal is a very different game. Yeah. Yeah. I found it to be more difficult. Than, yeah, I, I like 2016 di- better, actually. I do like 2016 more. Because yeah. Eternal, I understand why people like Eternal because it's sort of like a skill challenge, almost like a the club sort of like like you're trying to like show off almost mm-hmm. it's it's a little more like combo driven it's just not how i want to play doom you watch good people play doom eternal it's like they're playing a different game oh yeah it's like literally it's, they, like, it's like they're playing it's like watching another game it's really insane yeah it's it, it, like the, to a certain point you're like you're not playing doom anymore i don't know what yeah. that is but it's certainly not doom yep um it feels like some kind of um like it's like watching somebody play like some one of those like indie combo driven like you're like devil may cry or something mm-hmm. it's, it's yeah. a whole thing like that which and i just prefer the more the kind of the more straightforward me too almost boomer shooter style yep. of 2016 <laughs> circle strafe shooters yep um and then the final leak was something i was surprised by they're going to make a sequel to ghostwire tokyo I mean, that was on the... Again, these are from years ago. Yeah, so this the, is another this, one that I think that, might this have is been from canceled. Be, this is from before <laughs> yeah. Ghostwire Tokyo came out. Yeah. And so I think this may have been adjusted in the meantime. This was just on Game Pass, I think, recently. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, because, uh, yeah, when it hit It's a good Xbox Game Pass game. And, or when it sw- got to... It, made, you know, it hit PlayStation, finally. Because it was on PlayStation later, right? Yeah. No, I think it was on it was PlayStation, PlayStation first. first. Yeah. And then, yeah, and then it hit this, and then when it hit this, it went Game Pass. Yeah. yeah. And I think it may still be on there actually, but I would be shocked if they actually well, it was publish also, a sequel to this. At some game. point, I saw—I don't remember if it was Steam or whatever. Maybe it was PlayStation Network. I can't remember what it was, but it was like five ninety nine at one point. Yeah, and I'm like maybe, and I'm like no, no, we're not going to do that. I didn't—I didn't care for that game. Yeah, most people didn't, um, and I would be shocked if they actually go through with the full sequel. No, a lot, a lot of the Bethesda lineup feels like old data, especially given when all the—if you look at like when all these things were supposed to come out, like yeah, like according to that schedule, we were supposed to have Starfield. DLC about six months ago, That's you know, true. which is not. Yep. You know, Has Elder, it panned out? Elder Scrolls Six was supposed to be out, I think, ne- next spring. Yeah, it looked like. That's um, definitely not. Clearly, out. clearly, all this got. I mean, again, I think a lot of this was not. Yeah, it was pre-pandemic to some yeah. degree, yeah, you know, or early pandemic. Everyone had to adjust. Um, and then the final thing that came out of these leaks is that um, Microsoft expected a remaster of Red Dead Redemption Two that never happened. Yeah, which, which seems wishful thinking to me, but. Because that yeah. game is still gorgeous. Yeah, I don't think it really needed it. No. Yeah. Um, but anyway, those are the Xbox leaks. Um, it's just crazy. Like, it's you think about how secretive and how ridiculously secretive the games industry has been, and in most regards continues to be, you just don't see stuff like this. Like, the NVIDIA leak is the other one that I would probably put on equal footing with this one, where you're just getting, like, this cavalcade of information of stuff you never thought you would... Mm-hmm ever see I like the video league was more pertinent just because it was more current it was game related too yeah, it was game yeah. related but also it was just it was much more recent than what this is and all the by the way stuff continues to come true from those nvidia leagues yeah the nvidia Still. leagues have been very accurate oh yeah like on the money almost all of them um and it'll be interesting to see so phil spencer did 
released a statement yesterday where he said, this is all old information. Just wait until you see what we're really doing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which, my guess is, as usual, the truth falls somewhere in the middle. Some of this stuff is still happening. Some of it's not. And... The X cylinder is almost certainly going to happen. Yes, I believe the X cylinder is going to happen. The trash can is what it actually looks like—a black trash can. Yeah, it does kind of look like a little office, like a little under the desk trash can. Yep. Yeah, like a motion control one. If you get near it, the lid pops up and you drop your trash yeah. in it. So anyway, those you are. Can almost, the- you can almost hear how much Phil was tr- straining not say wait till E three. Yeah. <laughs> it's like no, wait for wait. wait for what? When's wait that for- going to happen again? That? When's that? <laughs> um, and our new June showcase, yeah. X3. Yeah. <laughs> Vincent says we'll see Sabile, however you say it, the controller. Yeah, definitely. That controller's yeah. coming. Like, all the, hard, when, all the hardware refreshes feel like they're probably they're done rich, deals. The, the timing may be off now, but I'm guessing most of them are in them coming, yeah. coming out. So, anyway, there you go. Those are the big Xbox leaks that have happened. It's been the biggest news story from this week. Um, and my guess is more is going to come out. Because just today we got the stuff about the Xbox Series S being 75%. The, the truth is, these documents, the upload is so gigantic that journalists are still sorting through Being them trying right. to find the information vincent also makes the good point that the bethesda thing has no mention of the quake re- quake 2 remaster mm. like there are clearly projects that have started sure. and been completed in the meantime since that yeah, yeah, yeah. document was made yep yeah so so take as always take leaks with a grain of salt i think the truth on these leaks will probably end up somewhere in the middle that's usually how it ends up uh next up we're going to talk about the biggest game release of the week undoubtedly i think so anyway do you yeah, i mean i don't know what else it would be <laughs> And Lies of P, I'll tell you that. Yeah, we'll, we'll get to Lies of P. Uh, but first, we're going to talk about Mortal Kombat 1. Um, it is supposed to be a reboot of Mortal Kombat. Well. And now that I've played through the whole campaign, I have issues with that. Well, because it's not a reboot. It's, it's really a, not. It's, it's another timeline reset, just yeah. like 9 was. The, the game. All the Mortal Kombat games are still in continuity with the original Mortal Kombat games. It's just yeah. after Armageddon... Raiden went back in time and warned himself not to make the the wrong decisions, and it turned out the new decisions he made were all different wrong decisions. Right. And so at the end of Aftermath, basically Liu Kang says, fuck you, stupid Thunder God, I'm going to do it right this time. And basically he wins a fight with, you can pick in the game, but <laughs> yeah. between him and Shang Tsung, but he beats Shang Tsung and gets to remake the universe from the beginning of time as he sees fit. And so now we have this new version. And that's what you're seeing right now. You yeah. narrated that whole cinematic perfectly, Matt. <laughs> and, uh, and so now you have this thing where, inst- where Raiden is some newbie martial arts trainee farmer guy. And uh, Liu Kang is the elder god who protects Earthrealm, except he's the fire god, not the thunder god. Right. And conveniently hands over an, a lightning magic amulet to Raiden so he can do all of his special moves uh, once you hit the tournament part of the game. Right. But um, but otherwise, his story is kind of the same. So it starts out... Yeah, you're going through it here a little bit. And like the, like, the main thing that Liu Kang did is like you see Shang Tsung here as the old peddler guy. Shang Tsung or uh, Liu Kang basically took the bad guys from the series and made them really unimportant losers. Yeah, like <laughs> sort of. Like, but of course, because it's Mortal Kombat, eventually it turns out that someone has been going around and reminding them of who they were and making them bad guys again. Yeah. So Shang Tsung is like this snake oil salesman. He travels yeah. around selling fake magic and stuff. This person shows up. She's like, "There's something about you." I'm gonna elevate you to a god, basically. Yeah, there's a, and this is a really, that's actually a really good shot, the creepy shot of him just smiling. The, I mean, the cinematic, 
All they the did. cinemas in the campaign of this are amazing. They do they continue are. to improve their cinematic game as they. I mean, this is this is the same format they've used since the reboot, since mm-hmm. nine. Yeah. So this is the fourth game, sixth if you include the Injustice games, yeah. uh, that do this sort of campaign of like you go through a very high quality cinematic story and then play a match, a fighting game match, usually three times per character, and then move on to the next chapter. Yeah. Um, and it works. Is, yeah. What you're seeing right now, by the way, is Kung Lao and Raiden. Mm-hmm. They are the guys who are working in the field and they finish their work. They go to this restaurant with this local woman that they admire. She's kind of like their mom, but not their yeah. mom. She's their martial arts teacher. But it, well, it turns yeah. out she's been recruiting them yeah. for... She's working for Liu Kang. She's working, she's working for Liu Kang, trying to find fighters to recruit for this tournament mm-hmm. that happens between all the realms. But it, in this game... All the realms are friends at first. Yeah, well, that that was like what main, Liu Kang's main change was was like Shao Kahn never takes. You know, Shang Tsung is not an evil sorcerer, so he doesn't uh, give Outworld the edge, and Shao Kahn doesn't take over after the first Mortal Kombat tournament. So basically, um, Sindel is still queen even yep. after the death of her husband, and Melina and Katana are still the prince daughters. So, so Outworld is still run. It's still in order. It's still orderly. Yeah. It's just not except, evil yet. Except there's some other shit happening that they right. don't tell you. They don't tell the humans about because like there's the whole Baraka thing is happening right. in the background. Like it's it's a very interesting and pretty cool remix of like what you already know of the way you already know Mortal Kombat to go. And it's like, well, what if it happened this way? But then there's that element of like you know fate wants to drag the timeline into what it was supposed to be originally anyway, which is a problem that Raiden ran into in the reboot yeah. the last three games as well. Yeah, the first um, half of the campaign is basically Liu Kang just going to different places, gathering champions yeah. to to take and then you part do of... The, you do what would be considered the first game's tournament pretty yeah. early on, much like you did in Mortal Kombat 9, where you're like, oh, well, like Mortal Kombat 9 is basically a retelling of Mortal Kombat 1 and 2. It is, yeah. And this is early on feels like that but gets very very different because of the time shenanigans yeah um ultimately it ends up becoming i feel like it's kind of a gross ripoff of the marvel cinematic universe like sort of i mean what they're angling for with this for sure they're definitely dipping their toe in the multiverse thing just like everybody is now like one of the big goals in the campaign is to unify the timelines and there's Mm -hmm. two sides and they there's a big war at the end between the two sides it's very mcu yeah well also that that is also very similar to the end of armageddon True. Uh, where yeah. literally every character in the history of the franchise has a big fight over a giant pyramid and everybody dies. And that, uh, I don't want to spoil too much. But anyway. And it, then Ra- that's when Raiden decides in the beginning of the reboot is like, oh, this didn't work out too well. I'm going to send a message to myself in the past and say, like, hey, don't do it like this. But then he does but do then it. He, like but he doesn't do it that <laughs> way. But it, it turns out if he does the way. other way, it's even worse. <laughs> it is worse. And yeah. then in the, well, the last game, Chronica, yeah. the 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 goddess of time shows up and is like can you stop fucking with the timeline yeah, please yeah that's right i'm going that's to right. kill all of you and so yeah. it just became a whole thing yeah um but there's a bunch of fun stuff in this like i mean the, the way this design is great is smart because yeah. like the beginning the first half is he travels to meet these characters and you play as these characters for like a whole chapter or whatever mm-hmm. you get to learn how to play as them how they play against a lot of the other Although fighters it's interesting in the game that, like, early on a lot some of them don't have some of their signature moves because they haven't learned that them. like 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 kung lao cannot throw his hat Right here. Because he doesn't, he have, doesn't the hat have, have the bladed hat But yet. eventually he gets it. And there's a great gag about that. There is. I mean, there's all kinds of stuff like that. Melina. Like, I never knew how Melina became who she is. Like, well, that's not how she became how she is in, the, in some of the other timelines. But now, it's very interesting how, how they works. do it in this yeah. game. Because like, it ties into, you never would have guessed it, Baraka. Right. Like, it's like... 
there's tons of stuff like that. Little Easter eggs. You're like, oh, that's how they decided. No, there's a lot of interesting. It's they, smart. they play with expectations a lot. Yeah. It's, like, it's a good story if you don't know anything about Mortal Kombat, I think. Yeah, but yeah. also, if you do know Mortal Kombat. It's even better. It's constantly like going in. You're like, why is Reptile hot in this one? You know, like, what's it's, yeah. it's like shocking. All yeah. of a sudden, Reptile's like a sympathetic <laughs> character, like, who's like this super hot dude who happens to be able to turn into a reptile. Yeah. And you're like, okay, I can go with that. Um, like, they, they change a bunch. Baraka is like a sympathetic character yeah. in this. Yeah, actually. Like, but here's one thing I will say is that one of the mistakes I think they made in this campaign was giving big roles to characters like Baraka and Melina because they have these mouths that are just <laughs> ridiculous. And then you have to sit there for the next five or six hours watching them try to animate their mouths. Like, if you look at Baraka, like, they just gave up. They're like, you can't animate this mouth. It's ridiculous. They just created a hinge and basically gave him a flappy jaw. Like, because mm-hmm. there's no way. Well, no, you, you could, the, he has no lips. He can't, right. he can't the, speak English. You know? <laughs> the, well, that's always been sort of the But case. you could have chosen the characters more intelligently so you wouldn't have these weird situations. But whatever. It's still awesome. Like no, it's, 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 it's all nonsense. This it's ca- it's it is combat. But this campaign is incredible. Like, it is, it is hands down the best in the fighting game genre. It's like no one's even in the same league as this no, they've, game. they've always been ahead of the, they've been ahead of the game on the campaign story modes since nine yeah I mean, it and really they just is. keep getting better and better it really is a marvel like they've done an amazing the writing the way it's shot composited lit everything about mm-hmm. it is and they just definitely top play notch. they play with the format a lot more in this one yeah than in the past. it's really really good now here's the rub it's not very long no it's I saw a, like a compilation of all the cutscenes, which is a, is four hours and four minutes of cutscenes, and I would imagine it's probably two or less hours of actual fighting gameplay, yeah. unless I, you I, just really run into some problems. But like, because uh, the one the, the challenge of this mode for the most part is the fact that it just throws you from character to character with no explanation of how they work. That's true. So, if but it's ha- also if, easy enough that it doesn't usually really you can get through it with some basic knowledge. Yeah, I said I have it set to medium, and I'll just tell you, like, I wish I had played it on a harder difficulty. It that's just funny. Got, that's funny. My my game did that little glitch there too. That where the panel the, popping where, out, where the, where the throne is in the yeah. foreground and pops in the back. Mine yeah, did that too. That's the only glitch I found in the whole I game. By that. the way, but I um. I think the campaign in this is amazing, um, but it's just really short. Mm-hmm. And s- it is, but I do it, like if you have the other games, I would encourage you to like play all four in a row at some point just to see how that yeah. whole story hangs together because yeah. it is all one coherent it thing. Is. Yeah, if you can stomach the graphics of the first one, right? Right. I, that there's a game that needs a remaster. Yeah, they could get away with that if they want to want to have a breather between this one and whatever their next game is because I guess they're not doing injustices anymore. I don't know. I don't know if that's. They might have been out of. They might have been out of material on that. It's possible. Um, What I would say though is that like this campaign is like six hours, and so if you're planning on buying it mostly to play the campaign, this game is seventy bucks, and that's a pretty tough ask. I mean, all of them have been that long, more or less. Like the the one the the downside on this one is there. You know, the last one had that really like elaborate crypt mode mm-hmm. and that there, there isn't well they replaced there. it kind of with another a little mode bit with here. like that the yeah the season related like sort of invasions mode inv- that's what yeah, we're seeing what right now by the way and invasions mode it's a little bit like um by the way i think rain is the coolest reinvention of any of the characters in this i hate playing as him though he's hard to play but like uh, but he like that his look i think like the, as a reinvention of one of the previous just color you know, palette swap ninjas, that's a really cool design. Yeah, well, he's different. He's like a sorcerer. Yeah. Like a water sorcerer. Um, so he's not really like the ninjas anymore. 
And uh, the worst being, uh, I mean, N- Nitara, what was it? Is it Nitara? Nitara, yeah. Met with Ma- voiced by Megan Fox might be the worst voice performance I've ever heard in a major major game. Production. I would agree with you a thousand percent. It, it literally she completely mailed in her voice. Like work. it's embarrassing, and it also doesn't sound great. It sounds like she may have just recorded it at home. No, on, it's like, tinny and weird. Yeah, and then it turned out online it turned out that um, uh, some other voice actor recorded all the effort stuff. Sub Zero also the- terrible, by the way. He I don't think I've heard enough of awful. him. Awful. It's just this. It just sounds like a voice actor throwing his voice mm. instead of using his natural voice. I do think um, I don't think Sub Zero and Scorpion are used very well in this, uh, considering how popular they are. At the end, mm-hmm. that changes. Okay, um, I'm not at the end. I haven't yeah. finished it yet. I'm I have like two thirds of the way this. through it. I have finished the campaign. I did it in like half a day. Like it's again, it's not a big time commitment to get through it. The, again, these two fighting in this background is very funny. Yeah, right? like <laughs> <laughs> it's a mansion <laughs> like overlooking Hollywood or whatever. Um, so this mode is called Invasions, and it's what was that uh, that mode in Smash Brothers? It was called Time Continuum or some crap. Yeah, it's kind of the same thing. Yeah. You start with like a game board, and you move around the game board, and then you get to nodes, and then you fight at the nodes. This has that, and but it also has special challenges where like. Um, They'll take away, like, half of your health. There's, like, special mm-hmm. conditions in some of the matches. Yeah, this is basically the Crypt, except, like, I don't think it's as compelling as the Crypt was. This is boring game. AF. I, I played this for, I don't know, eight hours. I don't think it's boring, but I just don't think it's nearly as good as the Crypt. Because the Crypt had, like, puzzles and weird shit. Uh, the Crypt was kind of creepy in play. It just, it had a lot more inventiveness to it and this just feels like going from fight to fight to fight to fight this is also really easy again i would bump up the difficulty because most of the fights in this are just one round they don't even play out like the full best of three um but again there are conditions in a lot of matches like where you have like buffs or anti-buffs um and there's like these two systems are called talisman and relics Mm-hmm. One of them offers buffs to your character, and the other one is actually like special attacks. Like you can like new fireballs that you can throw in the middle of fights, and you mm-hmm. can level those up. There's like a whole leveling system. You can let the game do it yourself, or you can actually go and individually level up each fighter's like five or six different statistics. Like it's really in depth, but I found it extremely boring. There's also mm-hmm. test your might throughout both the campaign. Although you can turn that off. And invasions mode, you can turn off. You test can turn your might. off the test your might things. Interesting. I wonder how that would work because in a campaign, there's moments where like you use it to either fail or make it through moments of the campaign. I think it just auto succeeds you. Okay, and it just shows you just it's in the accessibility option. Gotcha. Interesting. Uh, But those are for for people who can't button. Yeah, that makes sense. Also, to answer the the chat, yes, uh, Megan Fox is worse in this than Ronda Rousey was in the previous one. But that is a good analogy yeah i mean it's 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 in the same league she's worse than wor- Ron, she's worse. worse than ronda rousey yes though. that's how bad she yes. is no question she stands out like a sore thumb and it was even weirder to learn i think it was today, today or yesterday i can't remember which but like apparently ed boone wanted all the fighters to be played by celebrities at one point oh. which just no like yeah. don't do that that's you don't need that. But I should say, generally, the voice acting's amazing. Oh, other, yeah, other than that, Other than the voice those two, great. Sub-Zero and Megan Fox, everyone else is great. But everybody else in this is played by professional VAs. Right, so yeah. Of course they are. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy to me that Megan Fox can't recopy better than that. I mean, it might After be, all I think years. it's some of that, and I think it's whoever, I, it sounds like someone was afraid to direct her. Maybe. That does know? happen. Um, it's intimidating sometimes to work with celebs. 
Um, so anyway, that's the invasions mode, and then the final mode is towers, which is mm -hmm. what you're seeing a little bit of now. And that's basically, basically the old arcade mode. Yeah, you just fight a tower of opponents. There's a bunch of different difficulties. You, you get an ending for the character. That's sort of the the thing for that. Yeah, like you get to find out a little bit more about everybody. One thing I did find that was because cool, not everybody gets their time in the spotlight in the campaign. It's true. Although most do. Most of them, like two thirds. You do end you, up playing. That's always been true in these Everybody games, in the campaign. Like, yeah, but in, like always, these campaigns, you get maybe two thirds of the cast gets their own chapter, and then. You kind of are left like, well, I don't know anything about Lee May. You know, right. it's, like, it's like, I guess I'll play the arcade mode. You know? Yeah. Well, one thing that I did find that was cool about the campaign is that when you do die, and it doesn't happen very often, but when you do die, like a little text thing pops up that explains what happens for the rest of eternity because of you losing that fight. <laughs> like Shang Tsung took over the mall and like opened up a bunch of like hot dog stay or whatever. Like they have these crazy explanations mm -hmm. for what plays out just because you lost that one match or whatever. So I haven't actually seen that. Yeah, they're pretty well because you never die. In yeah, I haven't lost. Yeah, yeah it's not that. I think it, I died like three times the whole way through the campaign or whatever. Also, the, the only other I, the only nit, other nitpick I have is um, early on in the campaign. Campaign when you then they all first get to Outworld yeah. and they're kind of being dragged you know they're being like taken through the streets to get to the palace mm -hmm. and the fight you know the Earth fighters are like looking at like all the all, you know they're looking at like the Goro type you know whatever the, the crazy the, the show cans yeah that are like it's like oh look at that it's amazing it's a, and Melina or Katana I can't remember which one says something about like like the ones with six arms are da 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 and I'm like. Yeah. They don't have six. I have four arms. They right. have six limbs. Yeah. That's two different things. Like, I was like, I don't know yeah. who wrote that line, but they were not. They were not thinking straight. Yeah. Um, but I guess what I would say overall about this game is really good. It's a really yeah. good fighting game. Um, but it is a little low on modes, at least interesting modes that I got engaged with. Like again, I play the invasion mode for like eight hours. I don't want to play it anymore. Like um, you should definitely make sure you want to play this as a fighter. Yes. If you're paying full price. You for it. if if you're not interested in playing this against somebody in your house, your brother, your roommate, your wife, your whatever, or if you're not interested in playing online, it's hard for me to recommend this as a purchase. Like mm -hmm. I'm really not interested in doing those things. I don't like it might any... be better to wait for like kind of the inevitable complete complete collection. Right. When all the DLC yeah, all is the there DLC and everything. And maybe the inevitable um, epilogue they throw right. in or something. Yeah. You know, the aftermath style thing. Right now it's hard for me to recommend for most people to buy this at seventy bucks, even well, though it is great. Well, but... except these things sell fourteen million copies, yeah. so clearly most people don't are mind okay with it. Buying, yeah. You know, that's they do. They just play it with their buddies and. Play the campaign, and that's. I mean, these, this is the top-selling fighting game. It is by yeah, like a double mark. I mean, the, the the last one sold double what Street Fighter Five did. Yeah, we should talk about the gameplay too because they did kind of simplify it. There's just one meter now called the super meter in the game. There was two in the last several mm -hmm. Mortal Kombat. I guess you games. could technically consider your your tag team partner a meter. Yeah, they have to recharge the a little bit. It's not, really the it's not really the same thing. Yeah, it's not. Um, yeah. So there is one meter. It's used to enhance your special moves. It's used to break combos. It can also jump cancel out of uppercuts, which is a big deal in Mortal Kombat. And basically all you have to do is you just hold the right trigger while, while pulling off any of the special moves, and it will amplify that special move. And then the meter itself builds by taking damage. Um, if you have your attacks blocked, if you perform specials, the meter goes up. And then it basically just buffs your special attacks. You don't really, again, the game is so easy. I hardly even had to use the meter against the CPU. Like, using it against the CPU, it almost makes it like a joke. <laughs> like, it just makes it even more easy already. Um, and then there's another system called armor attacks, which give, give um, fighters temporary in invincibility. And what you have to do is you have to watch for the color of the character. And once they, they turn blue, then you can land your blows. But again, you just wait. And then you just 
deliver the blow once they turn blue. I didn't find that to be a very useful system. It seemed like the CPU had more problems dealing with it than the human players do anyway. Um, and then there are fatal blows. You, you, you trigger those with R2 and L2 at once. Um, and there's like a meter that builds underneath and it'll start flashing fatal blow. I'm still not 100% sure how that's governed. That's if the, your life gets low enough. Oh, is that the only way it ever yeah. comes online? Okay. Fatal blows or a comeback mechanic. Okay, gotcha. So I think it's, I think it's below 20% or 25% okay. life. And they're like the big elaborate attacks that aren't the fatalities. Yeah, those are the x-rays. Yeah, and you team up with your cameo partner. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a little disappointed by those in this because they are so by rote. Because each every character does one thing and as a partner. And then your character does something that like, follows that up. But it's like the same thing every time. Over and over. And there's and no just, way to skip them. If I no, they're find. long. They're, they take, they're a little too yeah, long. I found them to be kind of annoying But you can't time. ignore them because they do so much damage. Yeah, they'll take half, health, so. half a health meter generally. And so that's a little bit of a yo-yo you have to manage in fights. Um, and then the cameo stuff. I think it's cool. Like you can only use them like once or twice per round. They're on a cooldown. Yeah, you can use you can use them for you know especially throws. I use them to break combo combos, break. Man. I mean, combo breakers is the main reason yeah. to have them. If if the opponent starts like leveling me with a crazy long combo, I call in the cameo fighter, and they will break the combo like that. Like, and that's what I generally use them in, for. In competition, I think they're mostly going to be used as combo breakers and maybe a little bit of mix up. Like you can. You know, you can Marvel versus Capcom a little bit and just be like, okay, you think I'm going to do this? I'm going to throw this thing. And while you're dealing with that, it's kind of zoning you out to the point that I can start either my projectiles or get yeah. get over you. Um, as always with, uh, you know, post, post 3D Mortal Kombat, cross-ups are not a huge... That is, that's, there's the hat thing. That's yeah. really, That was very funny. Yeah, it was fun. There's a um, lot of funny moments in this. There's a, there's a couple moments I got misty-eyed couple emotional moments in the campaign i was shocked i'm like whoa like this is mortal Kombat i'm playing here how's this affecting me like this i was kind of surprised by some of that stuff but overall i think the fighting system is perfect for mortal Kombat. as you said it is the casuals fighting game it is the best-selling fighting game and i think simplifying it so you have just one meter to manage is a smart move um the you know the the call and response rhythm of mortal Kombat hasn't changed it's like riding a bike you get on it like the muscle memory is still there the button layout is still the same like i can start playing mortal Kombat and immediately i'm competitive it doesn't take me a few matches or anything the muscle memory is just there from decades of playing mortal Kombat. it is like comfort food fighting game and i really enjoy playing it but i've now spent two hardcore days with it and I feel like I'm kind of done. Now, remember, I've been playing Mortal Kombat since the first one in the arcades. If you're a much younger player, you have not been sort of diluted on Mortal Kombat like I have. And for people like that, give it a bump up. Like, you're going to enjoy it. Probably it's going to have much more staying power than it would for a person like me. If you're a person who likes to play online or you have a brother or someone you like to play head to head with in your house, again, bump it up. Um, but for me personally... I played it for a couple days, hardcore. I was pretty much good with it after that. And now I'm like, okay, if I had spent 70 some dollars on this, would I be okay with it? I'd probably be regretting it a little bit. But again, but again I'm a special you're not, case. You're not gonna play it as a fighter, really. You're, you're probably right, yeah. Also, this was, uh, we. I mean, it went, for the early access, it went live at the right time, but to, it was September 15th was 30 years since Mortal, Mortal Monday. Unreal. That's crazy. The, only the second advertised release date for a video game yeah but that is how long i've been playing mortal Kombat. and i'll say this i still enjoyed the hell out of this while it lasted like if the campaign went another five or ten hours i would have kept playing it was mm -hmm. that good i really enjoyed it and it's great to reconnect with the characters on a different level i will say this 
the initial lineup of characters for this game, and I know a lot more are going to come via DLC or whatever, it does feel like in a lot of cases they chose some of the most boring characters to be like in the campaign and like the initial roster. Like a lot of the more offbeat, like weird characters like Striker and Cyrax and people like that, like they're all like cameo fighters. Mm -hmm. Like most of the fighters that are in the real roster are just like typical humanoid type characters like i feel like a lot of the more fun interesting mortal kombat characters were not included in the initial roster for this but that's just nitpicking overall i really enjoyed my time with it and i think if you haven't played mortal kombat for 30 years like i have you will probably have a lot more staying power with this game than i had and that's something i have to keep in mind as i evaluate games that i have played a lot of these franchises for decades and a lot of people haven't so it's something that i have to always consider when i'm playing games Um, and trying to explain to you guys whether you should buy them or not. But online modes, I would say they're a little simple. Like, I feel like Street Fighter VI mops the floor with this game online-wise. Yeah, online presentation, Street Fighter VI is hard to compete with. Yeah, it's way better than this. This feels like... But I also don't really feel like I need to run around a lobby with a custom Mortal Kombat character and do all that stuff. Straightforward is sometimes fine. Yeah. Put your uh, effort towards the campaign stuff. Put your effort towards the presentation more. Matchmaking's good. It's a little slow, but there's tons of people playing. Like, you don't have any shortage of people to play yeah. against if you don't have people locally to play also, with. Also, surprisingly, I don't think... I don't remember them saying it, but this thing supports cross-play. It, I think it's coming later. I mean, no, I mean cross-save. Oh, it like does? If, like, if you play on PC, it will load up your PlayStation save. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, if you have a Warner Brothers account linked right, to both right. versions. Yeah. Like, it does actually save your progress between between platforms okay which i did i didn't i haven't seen them uh like uh brag about or like use as a talking point yeah i don't think cross play is online yet i think that it's coming like in a cross play weeks. isn't cross save does seem to work yeah almost it already unadver- works almost unadvertised what? From what i could see yeah so anyway that's mortal kombat one again it is a 70 dollars game um the switch version by the way is just getting murdered online oh my god they made a Switch version, which there's is your, kind of impressive, but... There's your real test as to whether graphics don't matter. Right. It, they <laughs> do in bucks. fighting games. Um, and it is getting murdered. It's well, they do be- for the price they're charging for that thing. It's almost become like clickbait at this point. Like, reviewing the Switch version. Like, everybody knows, ha-ha, you can watch a review mm-hmm. and laugh at how bad the game looks. It looks that bad on Switch. Yeah. So you should just steer clear if you're a Switch owner, I would recommend... Um, but I think we've kind of let you know already if you own other platforms whether you should pick it up or not. Great game. Um, for me, Limited Staying Power is someone who's played the franchise for decades at this point. But I had a blast playing through the campaign, reconnecting with all these characters and learning new ways of how they became who they are. That was probably the most clever part of the campaign, Matt, what you pointed out about how when you start with some characters, they're just people. Mm-hmm. And then as you go through the campaign, they end up getting their powers or they end up getting their equipment or their gear or their outfits or whatever. All that stuff matters if you're a big fan of Mortal Kombat. Yeah. And it really scores in that way. Maybe sure. they should give Lara Croft to these guys. They'd get her to be the Tomb Raider in about an hour. Well, Matt, that's the other thing I'm wondering about this is like, when is NetherRealm going to make a non-fighting game? Never. But I'm saying like they have the chops to do it. Um, I mean, they have the chops to do a good campaign story yeah but like they're they're a fighting game developer they are yeah but if you're warner brothers you got to look at this campaign and you're like that's pretty freaking well, amazing from what i understand they are helped by the dc animation department i'm sure as well yeah. especially through their relationship built with injustice yeah um and you can see that quality yeah there so i think of uh, uh, warner brothers i don't think even knows this happens yeah warner, remember 
Warner Brothers are the people that don't want to use comic book people, comic book script writers to help them in their in the movies because they're comic book guys. Right. right. They don't they don't think there's anything to be learned from that. Yeah. Well, and I'm sure wrong. they feel the same way about the video games. Yeah. But Warner Brothers being short-sighted about stuff like that is sort of almost almost a business trademark for that company, let alone a shortcoming of that company. Yeah. It's like when we found out that Playground Games was making Fable like, if you had told me that, after playing this game, that NetherRealm was making Fable, like, I would be less worried than Playground Games. Well, you may not remember some of the action RPG stuff they tried in the PlayStation 2 era, then. I do remember. Uh, Mythology Sub-Zero was, like, a single-player. Oh, no, no, no. I'm talking about the main game. I'm talking about Deadly Alliance. Oh, uh, I remember uh, all that stuff. Yeah, but all that stuff sucked. Yeah. Well, um, I mean, in all honesty, the, the, Invasion the, Mode sucks in this. So. Yeah, but they're not trying to make it, you know, a fable thing. Like it's, yeah. it, They've never made an open world. They've never made a thing where you have to run around and That's do true. anything of, of note. You know, yeah. It's all been very folded in maze-like things. Mm -hmm. um, they should probably stick to the lakes and the rivers that they're used to. And yeah. I, what I wouldn't mind, like you say, I wouldn't mind double the length of yeah. the campaign i wouldn't mind if they decided to do some sort of one-off game which was all four campaigns of this sort of saga mushed together remastered a bit with the early ones and just mush it together in a one big campaign just, just sell that campaign all by game. itself yeah like just you know not a bad idea yep like unify the whole thing yeah it'd be interesting yep i hear you so there you go that's mortal kombat one it's out there now it came out yesterday or today officially came out on the 18th but it was it hit early access if on you the paid if you pre-ordered you, you pre-ordered you got to, you got to start playing on the 14th yeah so anyway is that a thumbs up for you oh yeah that's a thumbs yeah. up for me i've liked all them yeah. all the nether realm stuff since the reboot frankly yeah. i think you know i uh everything nether realm has done has been good because they weren't nether realm before then they, yeah. they sort of reorganized after uh midway collapsed yeah and um yeah everything they've done as that as that new kind of company has been great high quality stuff yep good work by nether realm uh let's move on well, I, th I think the mortal kombat movie should just be taking the story from these reboots like the, the yeah. 9 through 12 and just yeah. like just adapt that into films yeah, yeah by the but way, again you're running into the warner brothers we don't have anything to learn from these yeah. lesser media <laughs> people thing yeah i mean the last mortal kombat movie actually wasn't that bad no, it was, but it was this game good. is better than that movie oh yeah like significantly because it takes so much stuff that's like known mortal kombat stuff and just turns it on its head or mixes yeah. around with it and it does cleverly it, and it did that back in the in the, the you know starting with nine too yeah. you know like it just it it wiped the slate clean but remembered everything it needed to be and did it I, those, all four games really hang together well i replayed the the previous ones before like earlier this year because i was like i should finish uh, the last one and after because i never got around to playing the aftermath dlc oh. so i'm like i should probably finish that before the next one comes out because i imagine that's going to be important yeah um and i just went through all of them uh you can play uh the xbox version of mortal kombat 9 on xbox one backwards compatible if you have the disc mm -hmm. uh and i didn't i don't think they put they have that on the list of oh. like you can't buy it on the store like backwards compatible but you if you put the disc in you can and that's cool. Yeah. So you play, I played through all of them. And I'm like, oh yeah, it was really good. Like it's, it's still a pretty great story for what it is. You know, it's, it's, they do a good job. Yep. All right, it's time to move on. We got so much to get to in today's show. We're going to talk next about last week. There was a Sony State of Play and a Nintendo Direct on the same day. Has that ever happened before? Other than at like E3 or something? 
I mean, I don't remember it happening. Yeah. I, I, I'm sure both of them were Usually like, Usually they try to avoid that. <laughs> yeah. But it was awesome. Like, it was a wanna, great day. You kind of want to own the the, the, the the zeitgeist of the day. Yeah, yeah you're right. Um, it was a crazy day of work for me, curating all the stuff from both of these. And we're going to go through both the Sony State of Play and the Nintendo Direct. We're not going to cover everything, but we're going to cover the big stuff. Again, we have a lot of show here to get through before our time is up. Uh, but we're going to start with Sony's State of Play. And undoubtedly, the biggest story from Sony's State of Play was a brand new trailer for Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. And let me tell you, if, if there was ever a trailer that should be labeled fan service, mm -hmm. this is the trailer. This, this is what I think people were waiting for with the Final Fantasy VII remake. Yeah, well, I mean, this is the meat of the game. It really is. This this trailer has so many iconic moments mm -hmm. from the OG Final Fantasy VII in it that it's just, it's a splooge for Final Fantasy VII fans. Like, it's just, what every shot has something in it that you're like, oh, 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 wow, oh my, like, it's just, <laughs> and it's four minutes long. Like, one thing I found this week that really shocked me was that the Final Fantasy VII Remake only has sold 8 million copies, Matt. Mm -hmm. Which is fine, but if you think about... Is that including the, the intergrade yeah, thing? Yeah, that does include that? intergrade. And if you think about how people have been like, My oh, biggest question on this is how are they going to pronounce his name? Oh, yeah. We'll see. Because technically it's supposed to be Cat She. Right. In but, Gaelic. But... But everyone I've ever met calls him Cat Sith. Yep. So it's like, <laughs> all right, I don't know. What we're, how are we going to do this? So anyway, the Final Fantasy VII Remake, despite all the uproar about it, people falling out of their chairs or whatever all this hell that happened when they first debuted it, only sold lifetime 8 million copies, Matt. Now, everyone's grumbling about Final Fantasy XVI selling 3 million in the first week and a half or whatever. Like, mm -hmm. maybe that's why Square Enix is like, wait a minute, On we're okay platform. with the Final Fantasy XVI sales. Like... It's funny. You think they're like, oh, Tomb Raider only sold nine million. Well, it outsold your Final Fantasy VII remake. It was supposed to be God's gift to gaming. These games aren't actually as popular as it's their That's fans what I'm would, getting would at. like to you to believe. That's what I'm getting. I at. mean, they are popular for the time. Like 1997, yeah. you know, nine million people liking something was remarkable. You know, that's crazy. Like, yeah. It's huge, but not anymore. Like, it, you know, there's there's an audience for that, and it has. It used to be the biggest thing in games, and it has become one of the moderate things in games as the audience for games in general has grown. Yeah. Um, you're just not talking about the top, top, top of AAA sales anymore with Final Fantasy. Yeah. Any of them. Seven probably has the best shot at being something beyond normal, but um, I don't know. I, mean, I feel like if they market this one right, this one will sell better. they market this one right, it could. The other problem I think the first one has is the fact that it's a first one. Right. The fact that it's not the whole thing. Yeah. And I think they're being very smart by doing that pre-order package where you can get Integrate and this for basically the price of this. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, for a limited time. I think it's it only goes for like three months or something. Mm -hmm. But um, that's very smart. It is smart. Um, yeah. And there's Vincent. Like the I, I wasn't 100% sure Vincent would be in this. Or they'd save him for the third one or something. It almost feels like this is the all of it. I mean, there's a third one. We is there a third, a third one, one coming? They, they. It feels like what they show in this is almost the whole game. Yeah, but you what's know, missing? Can you think of something? The thing that might be missing is there might be a whole third act they've added because the story's different now. Yeah, I mean, that's they, true. They, 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 it's a it's a whole different thing. You know that they all you don't really find out until near the end of the first one. But you know, clearly, you know, Zach's running around. Yeah. Doing, you know, there's, there's a bunch of stuff that's going to be changed in this. Mm -hmm. Um. We'll see. I mean, I definitely, uh, from what I think the leaks before had said that there's gonna, they plan to have at least three installments. 
Um, I, I believe this will take you up to basically the end of the um, main... Because the, the way the, old, the, previous, the original game worked was like you started in Midgar and then you sort of got booted out of the open world and then you kind of had to narrow your, your chase to Sephiroth to the top of the planet. Mm-hmm. And I would imagine this is going to end right around the time you realize you have to go get him at the top of the planet. Well, they're hinted... There's, which is weird, but Square Enix hinted that... This is going to have, quote, unquote, the most iconic moment, which we all know what that is. I'm right. not going to spoil it here. But that's like halfway through the game. Yeah, I guess you're right, actually. Yeah. That happens true. pretty early. Yeah, that's true, actually. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, with the big news is that we got a release date for this game. It is coming out February 29th on Leap Year Day. Mm-hmm. So next year is a leap year, and this is coming out on February 29th, Leap Year Day, uh, which is an easy, should be an easy day for everybody to remember. And it's not that far away. So, pretty exciting. Look, I'm not the world's biggest Final Fantasy VII fan, but this trailer got me pretty charged up, Matt. I gotta admit it. No, like, I, I certainly recognize the things yeah, in this trailer. That's a good way to put it. Um, and I will say, yeah, I, again, I don't like Final Fantasy VII all that much, but I do think it's um, uh, some of uh, some of the best um, uh, music work. Yeah, I, actually, I should be good. I think some of the best music composition work in the in the Final Fantasy series. I think it's one of the worst screechy midi audio interpretations on the original playstation one bro like it's a it's a musical crime which is so weird because the reason it was a playstation game was because of the cds (laughs) the music was supposed to sound better but compositionally the music is fantastic it is it's just like you had to wait until the orchestral cd collection to like hear it the way but like hearing all the different themes and stuff in this trailer like it played played so you know as they always should have been, is really cool. I do like the music in this. Yeah, um, game's looking awesome. I'm sure I, I I'm almost gonna, hate to admit it, but it, I'm it sure is. I'm going to struggle through playing the damn thing because I just didn't. I didn't find the first one fun at all. But um, there were very few. I don't think there are any actual shots of shimmying in this one, so maybe we'll get lucky. <laughs> oh, you know they're going to be there, Matt. Uh, but anyway, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth. It is a PlayStation Five exclusive. Square Enix said for at least three months, which isn't a very long window. No, um, I've heard a bunch of different. I had three months, and then six months, and then a year, and then back to three months. Like everybody was had different dates. For that. Well, my guess is like they're feeling the sting from Final Fantasy sixteen, and they're yeah, just... limiting it to one platform is just unnecessary. But I'm sure you've got some kind of deal with Sony. You got yep. honor. So it looks like three months. Also, the collector's edition costs three hundred and fifty dollars. Yeah. Three hundred and fifty dollars. No, thank you. That's crazy. And then, that's a statue and everything. Though, it right? does. Yeah, it's it's, cr- it's a lot. It has a lot of stuff. Yeah. But three fifty. That's a lot. Um, and then they also mentioned that you cannot import your saves from the first remake into this one. So you're starting all over from scratch, yeah. brand new. Which really feels lame it feels lame but i also kind of understand why. i understand it but also it's just like you'd think there'd be you want to have some kind of at least mass effect style continuity mm-hmm. between these at least a couple like games. hooks in the code yeah. that will change something in the new one like but there's no decisions to really make in the no. first one so it doesn't no. have, you know who what, what, what yeah. would it be what hook would there be yep like what armor you have like who can right. it's all gonna or be, your sword or whatever it's all be replaced in an hour anyway yep so. so anyway that was the big headline from sony state of play but following very closely was an update on marvel's spider-man too and most of the update was all about new york city and how they changed the open world and how the open world works new york city what i really enjoyed was just seeing new footage because this these trailers are just loaded i was even like listening to what they were saying about new york i was just watching all the new gameplay that are in these two trailers that they released they released like a new york thing and they released uh, a thing for like the digital deluxe version or whatever mm. they showed off a bunch of the costumes that each of the spider-men would have and that kind of thing which is fun it's like okay cool there's a ton of different stuff 
I'm just going to wear this classic Peter Parker Spider-Man outfit yeah. and I'm going to put Miles in probably either the default black and red yep. or uh, if they have a good version of the suit he wears in the movies. Yeah. Um, and that's it. That's like, what I do. Just like I did in the other. I never wear the like, goofy outfits no. either. As I want to look it, like Spider-Man. In the original one, as soon as I get switched to the classic outfit, I did. I, did. I never, and never, went never back. looked back. Me too. I unlocked them all, but yeah. I never used them. I want to play a Spider-Man. Yeah. Like, that's why I play Spider-Man video games. It's what? like, it's cool, that that's, but it's like, you know... They both they're they're iconic. Like I you know, I want to see Miles. I don't want to see yeah. like fucking I don't want to see the Power Rangers version of right. Miles. I want to see Miles. <laughs> so they made a couple other announcements. There is ray tracing across all the visual modes. Mm-hmm. So whether you decide to go with <laughs> resolution or performance, there's ray tracing on both of them. As I mentioned, the the open world has a big update and there's a lot of details in this trailer. Again, you can find it on Sifted. Um, and they talked about the d- digital deluxe version. What was your big takeaway from all this new media? I mean, my favorite thing is the fact that when you're running around doing random crimes, the other Spider-Man can show up and help you, or, you, or sometimes the other Spider-Man's already fighting them. And you join. And you join yeah. and stuff. Like, that. the 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 idea of an, of the other character, like, moving around and doing stuff while you... Independently. Like, yeah, I think that's very cool. I agree. Um, um, I kind of wanted that to be in GTA Five. Yeah. Like, I was hoping that, like, you could you run just come across, like, like, a bank heist, and, yeah. and next thing you know, there's Trevor. <laughs> like, what the hell is Trevor doing here? It's like, yeah, but, like, yeah. They, it wasn't there, but, like, this sort of does... Yeah, that. it's pretty cool. Um, and, I, you know, my other worry, too, is that, you know, one or the other would be neglected through big patches of the game. Mm-hmm. And it sounds like Insomniac's all over it. They're like, yeah, oh, no. I, I do think there will be a period where you can't use Peter because of the symbiote. Right. Because something Story-wise. Where, when everything goes horribly wrong with the symbiote, I think there'll be a period where he's out of action. Mm-hmm. But that'll get re- re- remedied, and then Venom shows up. And yep. Yada, yada. Game is looking ace. Yeah. And, like, the speed of traversal looks cool. Like, the... the there were people complaining that they didn't update the web swinging. And I was like, it's web How? swinging. What do you How? want them to do? Is I it... mean, that's been settled law for yeah. a good, like, decade now. Like, there's really... and, like, and every time you push someone on that, all the ideas they have are terrible. Right. It's just like, well, <laughs> like, I, should be able to, I, I should be able to choose which hand I swing with. Or I yeah. should be able to, like, get real low to the ground and do tricks on the ground. I'm like, who fucking cares? Like, yeah. It, like the, the adding the slingshot and the and the wings is like all you need because yeah. like you've you've made the that's the thing like the I mean that's the thing they have updated it right and like also people don't really seem to like oh open worlds or da da the thing that makes an open world good or bad is how you traverse it how you get around it yeah that's the most important thing. it's the secret sauce absolutely this and game's looking awesome though they look, it looks like they nailed it yeah again as always yeah and this comes out is it October twentieth October twentieth yeah. So, I mean, Although, we're like a month I away. I saw some guy in Japan found a copy in a store already. What? Like, the, he's like, he, had a, he had a case he was showing, a Japanese one. I don't know. Which is weird, because it went gold, like, yesterday. Yeah. So, what was that? Like, I don't that know what he, was going on there. Well, maybe the gold is the, the day one update or whatever. That's weird. It, m- it might have been a hoax. It probably is a hoax. That'd be my guess. Because the box art's out there. I know that for a fact. So, he could have printed something up, and it may just be. Yeah, fake. the one underwhelming thing about all of these games is the box art. Mm-hmm. It's just just Spider Man. Yeah, I, I mean, think I guess that's all it needs to be. I think there's but... something to be said for simple box art, though. Yeah, I mean it gets it gets it across. Yeah, but... I mean people just want to go in the store and see Spider Man and point at it and pay for it and go home and play. Mm-hmm. So Even I all um... those outfits I'm never going to use. Yeah, there's a ton of them. I mean I'm glad they put them in. Yeah. And they, you know, some people. It's, it's like a tradition in Spider Man games going back to that PS One game or Dreamcast game where it's like. You know, you, it's like it's almost like a history of the character. A little bit. You know, like it's, yeah. it's a little bit of Easter eggs, cool different things, Easter eggs for people who follow the comic books. And then in Shattered Dimensions, 
They had they actually had parts where you played as those crazy nostalgic like Spider-Man. Oh, you played the four different Spider-Man. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, I mean that's where that's where Dan Slott got the idea because he did a little bit of work on that. But he got that's where he got the idea for the Spider-Verse thing, which mm-hmm. is and then they put that in the comics. That's where into the Spider-Verse comes from. That yeah. game started all that. Yeah, like there were alternate versions of Spider-Man before that and from various things, but that was where the idea for making it a whole big hook of a story came from, and that's why we have into the spider-verse today yep um and, and none that, of the people who worked on that game ever get credit or money for that believe me yeah by the way that is the only first party game in this state of play mm-hmm. the only one just shows what about, you what about that uh baby's that's not first party that's, not first at all. Party. that's actually coming to pc as well we'll mm-hmm. get to that though because that game looks bonkers uh next up hell divers 2 this is a game that I think a lot of people thought was a PlayStation exclusive because PlayStation had featured it kind of like it was. It's not. It's multi-platform. I mean, that makes more sense because the first one's on everything. Yeah. And it is like a four-player cooperative sci-fi shooter. It looks very generic. Like, they showed basically a four-minute chunk of cooperative gameplay. It reminded me of, what was that Ubisoft game where they had the fake, like, commentary laid over top as they played cooperatively? Well, all of them? Well, there was that one that was very specific where they got raked over the coals for it. I mean, the one they got raked over the coals for was Division. The Division, yeah. Yeah. This is very much like this. It's, like, got this fake banter over it. It's so bad. Yeah. Like, I mean, I like the first Helldivers. It was kind of a mindless twin-stick shooter. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm kind of hoping this is a mindless over-the-shoulder shooter. It looks like maybe it's not because it's got more of an online Because th- you could play the first one pretty solo for yeah. the most part. This looks like maybe that's not. Well, this also requires a lot of cooperation. If you watch this gameplay segment, like there's times where they're like, "Now we need to drop the big bomb or whatever." I don't don't like that. I I was, I kind of like. It was a zone out, like, you know, like it was a zone out game for me. The first one. This one looks a little too involved to be that. This game, after watching this, my interest in this game just hit rock bottom. I was like, this is like the most generic third person shooter I've seen in a really long time. I think, I think turning it into this instead of the uh, the twin stick like higher angle shooter is a mistake yeah it was also it, delayed it kind of lost its its uniqueness to me a little bit yeah it was also delayed out of the year it's now coming out february 8th of 2024 already the first couple months of next year are starting to look pretty good mm-hmm. um the new like a dragon game also was just announced today it's coming out like in january in january yeah. yeah so it looks like the early part of next year is going to be pretty loaded what's with, with good all stuff. the segues I don't know. In these games. I don't that know. game has a segue. Clouds on a segue. <laughs> it's so weird. Like, did, this ancient technology that was rejected like, by society. Did Japan society. just find out that was a thing? Or what? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Cinetech says, no love for baby steps. We're getting there, bro. Give us a minute. We'll get there. Uh, next up, they showed the Resident Evil 4 DLC. Um, separate Ways with Ada Wong, which was a part of... The OG Resident Evil 4 versions, it's coming to the remake as well. They also showed off Resident Evil 4 VR mode for PlayStation VR 2. Um, This comes out on the 21st, so just another day or two until the Ada Wong DLC comes out. Think you'll go back and give it another go? Probably not. Yeah, there's just too much. Like, already I'm starting to get overwhelmed. October's around the corner. I wish I could go back and play this, because this is like brand new story dlc you kind of brush shoulders with some of the moments from from leon through the game but otherwise Ada's doing a lot of her own stuff like and she's completely different from playing leon um and so it really is a completely different perspective on the entire game 
Um, and so I want to play it. I just don't know if I'm going to have time to, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm, I'm starting to build outposts in Starfield yep. of, of, a, of a certain size, so I'm getting <laughs> absorbed into that. Yeah, I can see that totally. And a whole manufacturing business shaping up here. Yep. And next up is Cinetike's request, Baby Steps. This is the next game from the team that made Ape Out and Getting Over It. You may remember Getting Over It. It was that weird game where there was a dude, a muscular dude in a pot, and he had a sledgehammer. Mm -hmm. And you just use the sledgehammer to try to climb to the top of the environment. And basically, that's the whole objective of the game. It became a huge streaming game. Like, people would watch people. And it's, it's like so demoralizing when you get all the way to the top of the thing you're climbing and you make one slight mistake and you fall all the way back to the bottom that made a lot of people want to watch it when people streamed it this is the next game and basically it's about this slacker guy who's living in his parents basement and he gets sucked into this alternate reality where he does not know how to walk so he has to relearn how to walk all over again and so it's really kind of the same concept of as getting over it you're walking to the top of these things instead of using this dude with a an anvil and a pot i mean it looks like they just made like a they made a quest game out of um quap yeah <laughs> this is of both directs on the same day this was easily the most unique game but i could also see see it easily being the most frustrating game of all of them um Again, this game is also coming to PC. I, I can understand why you see stuff like this in a state of play and you assume, especially an indie game like this, you assume that it might be a, a platform exclusive. It is a console exclusive for now, but it's also coming to PC as well. It feels like something they'd make you do in Death Stranding. Yeah. What? Like walk perfectly? Walk weird or walk... <laughs> do, it's like... Yeah, like I wasn't a big fan of getting over it. Did you play it? No, I don't think. I mean, I know what it is, but I never. I played it for like an hour, and I was like, "Nope, I'm good. I'm over this." I'm not. I'm not super into the games that are like, "We're gonna be intentionally frustrating." I'm like, "That's cool. You go do that. I'll be over here." This yeah. game, right? This game has that very same vibe. Although it does seem funny, like that cutscene that you're seeing there. If you can actually hear what they're saying, yeah. it is pretty funny. I did enjoy the thing with the grappling hook. It's mm -hmm. like, just use your grappling hook, bro. Yeah. It's just like. It's, <laughs> because he keeps run. It's like he keeps running into actual video game protagonists. Right. Yeah. And he's like, right. Like, hook. They're trying to tell him what they do in their games, basically. And he's like, oh, that doesn't work here, unfortunately. It's just like in a onesie. So it could end up being really funny. Um, but my guess is it's also going to be supre supremely frustrating. Um, it's one of those games where they're forcing you to relearn how to do something that you just do automatically in every other video game. And sometimes that doesn't go over well with players. But we'll see. Again, this, that game is called Baby Steps. And then we got to learn the story behind Avatar Frontiers of Pandora. It does not follow the plot of the films. Basically, you play... Yeah, we knew all this. Yeah, we well, we kind of knew that it, it was like... We knew you were playing a Na'vi who had been basically raised by humans in right. like, the military complex, and then you got booted out when they left at yeah. the end of the first game. And then you basically get yeah, this sort is of reabsorbed. 15 years after you're abducted by Yeah, yeah this is basically the, the story of the humans coming back to Pandora that you saw in Avatar 2, yeah. except you're seeing it very much from the point of view of the forest Navi and not from, like, Jake Sully and his mm -hmm. family. Yeah. So, uh, which, I mean, I don't know. Like, I don't particularly like the Avatar movies, but I do think 
uh, Avatar Cry is the way to go with this mm-hmm. one. Like, have, letting me explore the world instead of, like, putting me through a rewritten Captain Planet script is definitely more interesting to me. Yeah, well, the big objective in this game is reconnecting with your lost heritage because you've been mm-hmm. missing for 15 years or whatever. Which is a that, very convenient way of starting you at level one. Right. Yeah, but so. that could be very interesting as well. Oh, yeah. Like, I'm sure the progr- you know, you got to go through all the standard stuff. Relearning how to tame and all tame that. Tame your Banshee. Tame yeah. your, you know, because th- she's never been... Yeah, and, a part of their society. Yeah. But it also means she can use guns. Right. And all these other things. So you can make it, again, it is Far Cry Pandora. Yeah. So Which I'm okay with. Yeah, I think that's fine. I mean, honestly, that's probably the direction Far Cry should go. A Far Cry needs to go a little further afield. I'd agree. Um, I think Far Cry Pandora is great. I think maybe you should talk, talk to... Talk to Star Wars about Far Cry something with that, like Far Cry Tatooine or yeah. Far Cry Endor or yeah, some shit. Seriously, like, like go crazy with it. Yeah, the formula is great. Like you can just put a new coat of paint on it, and I'll give it a go. You just got to come up with things I haven't seen in the formula before, and I would say Pandora is going to provide some of that. Yep. Um, one of the cooler, more underground games from the state of play is a brand new strategy RPG called Unicorn overlord which this, is this is my pick of this whole thing i get i figured most people vanilla, probably vanilla zero. vanilla where you say vanilla where i'm in i'm in yeah so. me too and i feel like that that studio doesn't have the recognition that it should have probably not but i think for people like us it does they've but, never made anything less than great i know you're right and and they make some bold claims in this trailer where they're like we're rewriting the book on the strategy rpg and the funny part is i'm like Okay. Sure, maybe. Like, you might know. actually do that. You're Vanillaware. Uh, but what I really love about Vanillaware is just its house art style. Yeah. That it carries over into pretty much all its games. It's just stunning. Like, yeah, the, nothing good. else looks like it. Like, and I love that, like, uh, you know, back when they were when they were starting to be that kind of recalcitrant, you know, the, 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 the kickback against, um, you know, over-sexualized designs in games and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, of course, uh, what's his name? Uh, Dragon. What's the, what's the? Dragon's Crown. Dragon's, uh, Dragon's Crown or whatever it was. Um, the Princess Crown was also them, but uh, I can't remember the, whatever that Dragon's Crown was. That I it? think it was, yeah. Uh, but basically, it has that witch with the giant boobs and yeah. everything. And somebody asked the, the artist on it, it's like, why, you know, why do they, uh, you know, why does she have giant boobs? And why does that all your all the art and all the games have all the? And he just goes, I like looking at giant boobs. <laughs> and like all the people I know who are like super anti-sexualized game designers, like, yeah, that's cool, that's yeah, fair, fine. absolutely. Like, yeah, too. <laughs> Me you, too. You, it's, uh, yeah. They're all, they're all just like, yeah, just say it. Just admit yeah. it. Like, like, why do you do that? There's nothing wrong I, with Because I want to look at giant boobs. It's just, yeah. it's like, like don't wrong. make up some kind of weird sociological right. reason yeah. for it. Just be like, no, I like looking at giant boobs. It's like, and so like, so that guy kind of weirdly became a hero. Yeah, yeah. Of, of, yeah. In that way. There's nothing wrong with admiring the female no, form. Just, just, just fucking admit it. Be honest. Just fucking say so. Yeah. It's fine. Absolutely. Yeah. So, yeah. So, yeah. That, all the, 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 nothing else quite looks like it. Yeah. And then the final thing that they showed, there was other stuff, but the thing we're going to talk about is the Deep Earth Collection for PlayStation 5 controllers and plates. So there's three new colors of controllers. There's three new colors for the console covers, as they call them. I call them plates. And they're all, like, metallic. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if I would have these in the crib, but yeah. I, I'm just happy with my matte black or whatever. But Again, the, I, these look pretty sharp. These are these are useless to me. Like, I, the only time I will ever buy a new controller is if one of them it breaks. breaks. <laughs> yeah, so. Like, at no point do I see, like, oh, I got to get the metal red controller. Right. I, I don't care. <laughs> Does it work? I'm fine. I think these look pretty sharp. Um and I think I, they look better on the controllers than they do on the system. I'd agree. 
Yeah, because there's those plates are pretty big, man. They're yeah. pretty garish. Like that's a lot of that's that, a lot of metallic. A lot of that metallic red in your house <laughs> if you true. decide to buy the PlayStation Five yeah. plates. Um, and then there was a couple smaller things: Tales of Arise Beyond the Dawn story DLC for Tales of Arise. There's a Foam Stars open beta coming, which is that weird like Splatoon type thing from Square yeah, Enix. Splatoon, but with a fetish. Yeah, pretty much. Not that Splatoon doesn't feed number of those. Right. Either. Exactly. Um, and that's running from September 29th to October 1st. Again, you can find that on Sifted if you just search for Foam Stars. There's information to sign up there. And then they showed a token PlayStation VR 2 game, uh, Ghostbusters Rise of the Ghost Lord. Ugh. Already, you can see that PlayStation VR 2 is over. Yep. You can see it already. It's done. You can see it in the, st- the state of play. There was Resident Evil 4 Remake VR and that. And they just mm. launched the damn thing. Where's the games? They're already done. Don't say we didn't warn you about PlayStation VR 2. And that, I mean, I'm a big Ghostbusters dork, you know, as, yeah. as well. You know, I have a replica proton pack downstairs. Yeah, yeah. But, like, oh, I I physically hate the art style in that game. Yeah. Like, I, I should be into a VR Ghostbusters game, but, wow, that looked bad. Yeah, I actually have it. I did have a trailer loaded up, but we're running short on time, so I'm trying to skip through some of this stuff. But I want now that you mentioned it, I want to show it to people so they can see it. Yeah, I just don't. And also, you can see how annoying this is to play in VR. Oh, yeah. Just you watching. can already see the hands. Yeah. Like. <laughs> it's not going to, like, aim right. And you got to, yep. oh, I'm going to try to grab the trap. Oh, I can't but my grab hands the trap aren't gonna, right. Yep. I can't do that. <laughs> You're right. You can already see it happening. So, there you go. That's Sony's latest state of play. You think we'll get another one before the end of the year? I don't know. Where's the first party stuff, Matt? Where's, where was they're Fair all, Games? They're all, all the- next year. Would have been nice to see something. Don't need to see it. They got what Spider-Man. another awful year for Sony first party. All they got is they got Spider Man. They, they do. Don't, they don't but, need anything else. I mean, it's been a whole damn year. They don't. It doesn't matter. That's crazy. Don't need to worry about it until next year. Might see some stuff at the Game Awards, but I don't think we'll see a state of play until until next year. Yep. So anyway, there you go. That's Sony's state of play. Next up, like I said, on the same day, Nintendo's Direct threw down a bunch of big stuff, and we were wondering just a few months ago, like. What's happening with Switch for the next 12 months? Now we know. They announced a bunch of games in this Direct. Yeah, it's called Stalling. Yeah, but I mean, the, they announced games that are coming out next summer. Oh, yeah. But it's interesting to me that almost all of them are either, they feel like smaller placeholder things, or they're remakes of ancient games. That right on cue. Not a single thing in this is something that, everything else is being held for the Switch 2. Yeah. Like, they're clearly tap dancing until it's time to put they're the They're using shit remakes out. to get through yeah. the transition, the first of which... And look, they're picking good ones, to yeah. be fair, but... Yeah, speaking of which, Paper Mario, the thousand-year door. The best Paper Mario game. Yep, GameCube game. It's now 15-some years old. It's being remade for Switch. Mm-hmm. Um, I would argue that the original game still looks pretty damn good, honestly. Yeah, it, 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 <laughs> it doesn't need a lot of help, but it, uh-uh. obviously this does look a lot better. The creativity in this game is ridiculous, by the way. Like, it mm-hmm. just totally just dives headfirst into the whole paper thing. Like, I feel like that's what these games have lost over time. Yeah. They've never they've never matched this again. No. This is the best it's the best one yep um and it is coming to switch it's only announced for 2024 right now we don't have any idea what quarter or anything uh, but it is coming next year and it is coming to switch and this is a great game this is one of those games that used to be worth a lot of money that now i wonder after this if its value will just plummet so you might want to go sell your copy of this game right now if you can Uh, also gamecube game prices are still like through the roof as well so it might be a opportune time yeah, i mean you... collectors are collectors i don't think that'll ever yeah really go away sometimes when you put out like the new version of something the prices go down it though. can but like 
people who care about this stuff are always going to want the actual copy of it. Yeah. So I don't I don't think it'll affect it that much. This is a great game. It's highly recommended by both Matt both Matt and I. So keep an eye on this one again. It's coming out sometime next year. Next up. Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon HD, but now they've changed the name of it to Luigi's Mansion 2, 2 HD. Yeah. Um, this was originally a 3DS game that is also great, by the way. Like, even the 3DS with its meager visuals, it's a great Luigi's Mansion game. And now they've just completely redone It's almost like it's a different game. Yeah, like, it's very different. It's like, good. Like, right, you know, a good different. Yeah. You know, having, having all the Luigi's Mansions playable on one platform is a good... And all now in, in like full 3D instead of this crude sort of hacked together yeah. thing that they did on 3DS. Um, this game is great also. Like, I have no problem. If Nintendo wants to keep remaking games like this, I'm all about it. I really have no issue with it at all. Like, I mean, it beats trying to get me to buy some new dumb thing that I don't care about. Right, yeah. Know? Although I would argue my one of my big sort of complaints about this is like, Nintendo also isn't providing new IP anymore. Like it launched Arms, and that's like the last real new IP that we've seen from yeah, Nintendo. They had Arms and what code name Steam. Yeah, and that was the last two it's, I can really think of. And so it does feel a little bit like Nintendo's getting a little lazy with developing new properties. But again, but at the same time, like there's there's plenty of ways to iterate on and, and execute on their existing stuff. You don't need to reinvent the wheel over and over again. Yeah. Yep, it's true. Uh, the game that I was most you interested... You could just finish Metroid Prime 4. How about that? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the game, oddly enough, that I was most interested to learn more about, and I hoped it would appear in this, and it did, was Princess Peach Showtime. It is this weird, like, 2D side-scrolling Princess Peach game where they go to the theater to see a play, and the play's interrupted, and so they go on a journey to save the play, and she uses, like... As it turns out, it's really like a 2D action adventure starring Princess Peach. And she has these ribbons that give her special abilities. And then those tie into the platforming and the combat and the puzzles and things like that. Also, this game's look, by the way, gives me a horrible Balan Wonderworld or Wonderland, wherever the hell it is. Wonder, yeah, there is a, a <laughs> Balan Wonderworld quality Which to, is the, not to, the, something, to the villains. Yes, yeah. exactly. Which is not something that I'm too excited about. But overall, this game looks completely off-the-chain weird. Which Nintendo should be doing more of, in my opinion. I wish we got more Nintendo weird than we do these days. Also, it's good that they're making game, or at least a game, with Princess Peach. They're making more games that'll appeal to girls and women more. There needs to be more of that, from not just from Nintendo, but from everybody. Um, and not, you know, it doesn't have to be a Princess Peach game to appeal to girls either. But... Truth be told, for most young girls, they would like to play a Princess Peach mm -hmm. game. Even my wife. I got her a GBA, and I got her a Princess Peach game, and she loved it. Like, she's like, oh, it's a Princess Peach game. So It also makes sense in the wake of uh, how Peach is portrayed in the movie. True. That, like, you you want to capitalize on yeah, that. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and she was, I think her portrayal in the movie was very successful mm -hmm. uh, among fans, and not just female fans either. I think also male fans. Um, and so that game looks pretty cool. It's coming March 22nd of 2024, so not long to wait for it either. Uh, the game ended up being a lot more interesting than I thought based upon that initial trailer that we got like a month and a half or two months ago, which really was like, what the hell is this game? Mm -hmm. Now we have a better idea. As you can see, there's also some detective stuff in there. Yeah, the different ability she has beyond just the sword fighting is, is interesting. Yep. Um, it's. Uh, I'm glad it wasn't just that one thing, and it's certainly better than the old... Uh, DS game where she defeated enemies by crying on them. Yeah. <laughs> That's how you do not handle games for girls. And I love that <laughs> so, somebody turned this this little clip here into the Evo Moment 37 
thing where Justin Wong getting parried and killed oh. by Daigo. And he re- <laughs> Justin Wong retweeted it and just said, sigh. It's like... <laughs> That 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 loss is, follows that man for like twenty years. Like there. There's you can buy a little like a framed like recreation of it from like there's a series of like like three D diorama things of various video get classic that videos sucks. and one of them is literally that moment of of Chun Li getting parried through that and it's just like the man is the man is haunted for that his sucks. entire life. Daigo trolls him every time they play each other by like and he's like no and he's like oh okay I won't do it I won't do it. Uh, next up, another remake. Again, Nintendo's getting a little lazy here. Another remake. This one is Mario versus Donkey Kong for Switch. This was a GBA game. There's a bunch, a few of them, yeah. Did it start on the GBA? That sounds right. Or it was either GBA or Game Boy Color. I can't, I can't remember. remember which. But it's it's really like a Lemmings type game where. You control these, as you see right here, these little robotic Marios, and you Donkey need... Kong is really predisposed to theft. He really is. Like, he's a thief. <laughs> he's, a, <laughs> he's a gorilla crook. But it's really like a puzzle platformer. There's not a lot of sort of hand-eye coordination required for this. It's really... Well, as you see, it's about observation and action. Mm-hmm. Um, did you like Mario vs. Donkey Kong back when it came out? No. Me either. It didn't really catch on with me at it all. It just didn't click. I'm a little surprised that they're remaking this game. There is, I think, a pretty... There's an audience for it in the sense of, like, there's a, there's a generation that grew up with these. Yeah. Um, I think they're just much younger than us. Maybe. Um, it does... It's a little similar to, I think, what they're doing with, like, the Captain Toad stuff. Yeah. Where they're like, hey... Although I like the Captain Toad stuff a lot more. Me, t- me too. Yeah, I agree. I actually enjoyed Captain Toad a lot. Um... But this is really like a puzzle platformer more than anything. It's not about like your great hand eye, your platforming skills, so to speak. Yeah, there's some of it, but it's more about solving the puzzle. Yeah. Um, and this is coming Fe- 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 uh, February 16th of next year. So Nintendo's really mapping out like. They are at least trying to keep everybody busy while they wait for the new system. Yeah. And it, I mean, based upon all this stuff that we're seeing here, it feels like the new system's coming second half of the year next year. Yeah, feels like it. Yep. Uh, next up, a game that is out now, and that is F-099, the next in the 99 line. If you're not familiar with it, they're basically these Battle Royale games that Nintendo makes, and it puts them up just on Nintendo Switch Online, and it's free if you're a subscriber to Nintendo Switch Online. There's been Tetris 99, there's been Super Mario 99. This one, basically, Pac-Man, Pac-Man 99. This one, you basically need to be the last car standing. And you have a meter, and you see, well, it's funny. Mm-hmm. The trailer is explaining it all perfectly. There's a power meter, and if it gets to zero, you're, you get blown up. And there's ways that you can replenish a little bit of your power meter. Have you played this yet, Matt? Nope. It's pretty addicting, and man. I, and I will not. You won't play it at all? I one My main thing that I didn't, I've never liked about the, the old F-Zeros is how fragile the car is. Yeah. And the... <laughs> This is the whole managing, game about it. Managing the car's <laughs> life bar is the absolute least interesting thing about F Zero to me, and they've made a whole game out of they it. They have, yeah. And it's just like, nope, <laughs> don't. I have zero interest in this. I've actually found myself pretty addicted to it. I haven't won yet. I think the closest I've got is like 18th or something like that. It's this hard is, to this win. This is the biggest letdown of the entire direction. That this, that it wasn't F Zero GX. Was, uh, anything else? Literally <laughs> anything else? I would prefer over this. Well, the leaks were true. There was a new F Zero game F- coming. Yeah, like they were right. We just never would have guessed that this is what it would be. No. 
I actually like it. I've had a lot of fun with it playing it over the last couple days. Um, I can understand where some people wouldn't like it and may be pissed off because they were hoping for something different from F-Zero like you were. Uh, but I mean, once I got it over the shock, I actually sat down and played it and I had fun with it. But it doesn't even really capture like the F-Zero thing. It feels more like F-Zero 64 to me. Like it's like where, you know, you, F-Zero, F-Zero like, X. F-Zero X had so many cars on the road. And all that. Yeah, that was yeah you're right. Actually, that's a good analogy. You're right. Um, yeah. And that's kind of my least favorite F-Zero. Uh, <laughs> so, like, it's, like there wasn't... It wasn't it's, a lot to bring they, in. I mean, it's nice that F-Zero came back in any form, but mm-hmm. they really took it in the absolute opposite direction I wanted yeah. anything to be. So I found it to be pretty clever, but I can understand. A, I mean, it makes sense. Like, like, as soon as they said F-Zero 99, I'm like, oh, yeah. <laughs> we should have guessed that. Cor- yeah, yeah, of course. I completely forgot. It's That's been so long since they did one. another one of those. It's, it's been, been a while. It's been a while, yeah. Yep. I play Tetris 99 still a lot. Um, and then next up, I think a pa- the Pac-Man one was my favorite. That's pretty good too. They've yeah. all been, I think, pretty good. Um, yeah, I just this one's just not for me. Yeah, like not, nothing against it. Just oh no. Yeah. <laughs> like, well, it it's a whole game about what you hate most about yes. F Zero. <laughs> yeah, and in that sense, it's kind of impressive they managed to distill everything I re- all the things I don't all like about a game. franchise into a single game. Yeah. Yep. Well done. Take skill. Uh, next up, they showed the first, I think, real trailer of Ayudin Chronicle. 100 Hero. Mm-hmm. And this is the game that we've been waiting for. This is yeah. the spiritual successor it's to Sweet It In. There was another um, Ayudin Chronicle game that was like a precursor. I still don't understand why they made that game, but okay. But it's a it's a pre it's a, it's a lead in, and it has some it has some characters in it that are going to show up in this. And if you, I believe, if you import the save, the, how, whatever you did in that game is going to impact that part of that town in the world of, okay. the, of your so game. So there is some real tie in between. There the is going to be some actual okay. interplay between what you did in that. And I really enjoyed that game. It was yeah, it was good. Kind of a mindless action good. RPG, but it, was, it actually kept me playing for a long time. But this is what everyone's waiting for. Oh yeah, this is the Soikoden that everyone has been wanting. And we got the release date is coming out April twenty third of twenty twenty four. Already, there's so many great games coming mm-hmm. in the first part of next year. Although this was supposed to be out in July. It was. But, yeah. yeah. This Whatever. It's a Kickstarter game, and yeah. I always give a little leeway for that stuff. Yeah, but. It, any Kickstarter, you know, you look at the thing; it says it'll be it'll deliver by now. In a video game, anyway, not board games and some other stuff are generally more yeah. more on time. But generally, if a video game on a kick, on Kickstarter, you just look at whatever it says it's going to be at a year. Yeah. And that's how and it's going to work out for this one. And if it makes it that, well, that long, <laughs> you're lucky. Because some of us backed Star Citizen in 2011 yeah. or whatever. Yeah. And that was supposed to be out in 2014. Yep. And here we are. Almost yeah. 10 years later. Yeah. Although I think they went to version 3.0 today. No. They've never. They, maybe Alpha. Well, yeah. I mean, it's well, like. Alpha it's, 0.3. <laughs> or whatever there, no? They had a milestone today. I don't know how big of a milestone it really was. Well, it ain't the fucking game coming out, <laughs> is it? Nope. Uh, next up, a new Contra game from Konami. It's called Contra Operation Galuga. A lot of disappointment on the website for this. All the comments on this on Sifted.net were just like, ugh. Like, now Konami's going to ruin another franchise. I mean, I don't know. It looks like Contra it looks to like me. looks like Contra. I mean, it's fine. It, it is what it is. Sure. I'm um, more concerned about the, the, the leaks that imply that there's some kind of Xbox Castlevania thing coming up. Oh. Which might just be a controller, but it was hard I didn't to see that actually. It was a very vague thing that mm. popped up. It was like a two code words or something. Yeah. And it, but it might it might there might just be a Castlevania controller, but like it, maybe it would be in conjunction with like a DS collection because they just did the advanced collection. Yeah. 
Now, this game know. doesn't include cooperative play and all the stuff you'd expect from a Contra. I mean, it just seems like this is the best we're going to get out of Konami at this point. Just these little indie takes mm-hmm. on their IP. Yeah, I mean... I wish they would hand it to somebody who would actually do something with it, but... but like, what are you going to do with Contra? Other, what yeah. else are you going to do with Contra? I mean, I'll be honest with you. To me, that's Contra. Yeah. Like, I don't find much wrong with that, but for whatever reason, people on the website were like, puke. <laughs> he hated it. I mean, there's some people that just really hate that sort of 2D, 3D thing. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I wouldn't mind seeing something a little more along the lines of Contra 3. Yeah. Uh, the Super Nintendo game. Yeah. That was my, that's my favorite. I think it's the best one by far. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then there's the one final thing we're going to mention, and that is Tomb Raider 1 through 3 Remastered. This is not a Switch exclusive, though. This is coming to everything, literally everything. It's also coming in 2024. Um, I really have very little interest in playing the first three Tomb Raider games no, again, but no. <laughs> I guess there's a market for it out Hot there. Hot take. These games suck. They really do. And they do. always sucked. In 20... We just didn't know any better. Yeah. Back when they came out, they're just they were the best games on the market for that type of game. There yeah. weren't any other Except games on the market. Except they were just really frustrating pieces of shit. Yeah. And they always were and they always have been and it looks like they're going to continue to be. So yeah. There might nope. be some quality of life no, tweaks. No, 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 no. We'll nope. never touch these again. Yeah, I'm good no too. No interest whatsoever. And then other than that, there were some new trailers for stuff we already know about. Detective Pikachu Returns, that's coming out October 6th. WarioWare Move It, that comes out November 3rd. Super Mario RPG Remake, that comes out November 17th. And then they showed the final wave of Mario Kart 8 DLC. Finally, they are sending Mario Kart 8 out to pasture. Mm-hmm. All this stuff is lining up. Everything that we've seen here. Because you got to launch Mario Kart 9 with a new system. So Yeah, it's all lining up, people. So my guess is we're going to see Switch somewhere around mid-year next year, something like that. They have games stacked until the summer of next year, and then chop. So that's what it looks like to me. We'll see. But um, Nintendo has a pretty good, like, next, like, eight to ten months lined up, man. It's got at least one pretty damn good game every month Mm -hmm. for the next eight months, which is, that's a dream. If you think back to Nintendo in pretty much any era between the Super Nintendo and the Switch. <laughs> yeah. Even the Wii. The, like, the first couple years were great. After that, it was a black hole again. Oh, yeah. Nintendo has very commonly settled into a one game per quarter yeah. pattern. Good to see that all have mostly They have mostly avoided that with the Switch. Yeah, it's been great to see. So anyway, there you go. That's the latest Nintendo Direct. My guess is we will definitely see another Nintendo Direct before the end of the year. Mm-hmm. Um, this one came out of nowhere, by the way. Like, they announced it the day before it happened. And they're like, here you go. And it ended up being awesome. That was a great Nintendo Direct. It was loaded with great stuff. So there you go. That's the roadmap for Switch for the next 8 to 10 months. And it's looking pretty dang good. Next up. We're going to talk about the Crew Motor Fest. I have to admit, Matt, it's a game that, like, no one's talking about. Like, it, nobody cares. There's only, like, two reviews. They should, though. That's what I'm getting at. Really? Because yes. Because Crew 1 and 2 were garbage. They were. I hated the Crew 1 and 2. And I know it may feel like sacrilege to compare this game to Forza Horizon, My, in my opinion. I mean, it's clearly what they're trying to do. Right. My opinion, the best arcade racing game and franchise on the market. But I got to tell you, Matt, this game compares favorably to Forza Horizon. In some ways, it's better because it does more than just cars. It does cars. It does motorcycles. It does boats. It does planes. And you it's can interesting much, they didn't show any of that stuff in the trailers. It is weird. It looked like it was just cars again. I know. It's weird, but it has all that stuff. Hmm. And the cool part about you can do crazy stuff in this game. Like, you can get in a plane and then fly high above the map 
and then just switch to a car in midair and just drop all the way down to the ground. Like you can switch at any point, anytime you want from one vehicle to the next, once you own the vehicle, so to speak. Um, so a lot of people are, you know, if you're a PlayStation owner, you haven't been able to play Forza Horizon. You've been waiting for a really good open world arcade, arcade style driving game. And this is it. I was also surprised, Matt, that this is only the third game in the Crew franchise yeah. because they go on so long. Yeah, that they, it feels like we've been dealing with them. Longer. It really does. Um, this game is set on just one island of Hawaii in Oahu. I mean, the last time when Crew Two came out, Sam was still coming over to yeah. do the TriCast. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Um, this is set in Hawaii, but only on Oahu. And obviously, there's a bunch of islands in Hawaii, but they decided to just put it on one. And I will say this. Like, for an open-world game, it is small. Like, you can drive the whole circumference of the island in, like, 15 minutes. I mean, that's sort of true in real life. It like, is, yeah. But I'm just saying, when you compare it to, like, Forza Horizon, yeah, where it well, takes you 15 them, minutes to drive across the uh, world. Give, let's let them figure them th- themselves out. Like That's the thing. They have figured a lot out already. Like, I can't believe this is a crew game. And it's the same team that made the first two crew games because it's nothing like the other crew games. Um, So, again, the the other thing, it it is a shameless ripoff of Forza Horizon. What you're in, there's a music and driving festival going on on the island. The only time you ever really interact with it is when you drive by and you see, like, one of the music stages. Or you drive by and you see some fans kind of dancing or whatever. But otherwise, it's just this fake setup for why you're on this island racing around. And it is very flimsy and it is very cheap that it totally rips off Forza Horizon. There's no doubt about that. Um... And the way the game is designed is a little different, too. It's all split up into playlists. So when you first start the game, there's, like, five different playlists to choose from, and they're very themed. There's, like, here's, like, Japan, and you get the neon lights, and you get all the crazy Japanese cars and the drifting and all that kind of stuff. Here's the muscle cars playlist where you play with, like, the 1957 Chevy and all the cars from the 70s that have crazy engines and horrible gas mileage. And how it works is you go, you drive to a certain point in the open world, and you drive to this location and you unlock the playlist once you unlock the playlist then they go to the map and they start showing you all the events for that playlist popping and unlocking basically all over oahu and then you start playing those races in any order that you want to and trying to complete the playlist now you don't have to complete the playlist before you start another one however you do have to go to the trigger point for that playlist first and and ignite it and once again unlock all the races and events for that playlist around the island and then you can just drive and play those events in any order that you want to it's an interesting way to do it there's 10 total playlists in the game and they do run the gamut and make sure that the game has a bunch of variety in it and things like that but it's a little restrictive like i would just prefer to like just have everything unlocked on the island and just let me drive wherever the hell i want and just do the races i'm not sure why they decided to do it this way but it is a a little bit restrictive Um, at least in my opinion it is um, but really, the, the the difference between this and Forza Horizon is the variety. And it's not just that there's different vehicles. It's also like the race types. Like, there's just more interesting stuff to do in this game. For example, like, there's, like, all the typical driving stuff. Like, there's drag races, but they built, like, a completely different interface for the drag races. There's drifting, which I hate in this game, just like I hate in every freaking driving game. But there's other really cool stuff, like emergent stuff. Like, there is this... Um, 
smash up derby battle royale that just happens in the open world and the cool thing about it is you don't have to like drive to the location that's one thing about forza horizon it's like this event's popping up get over there and then you try to use your fast travel or whatever to get to there before the timer runs out to join the event in this when the event starts happening in the open world you just tap the triangle button and you register for it and immediately you're taken there to do it to be fair horizon 5 finally did add it you just jump me to the event yeah option yep and this does it right out of the gate the first time they've but decided for a long time yeah it was sort of like can you get there we don't know will i make it in time exactly and this is just like you register for it with a click of a button and off you go to the event and it's fun as hell it is literally a hundred cars in a smash up derby last car standing like i got totally hooked on that and played that for like three hours like there's all kinds of cool stuff and again because you do have all the different vehicles it opens it up to a bunch of different like race types like the boats like the boats are like the first race is just on (laughs) flat water and you're on your jet boat or whatever simple but at the same time there's nuances to the controls you control how much of your boat is out of the water and that impacts how fast it will go well that's the first race second race it's a little choppy so you're getting a little bit of air and you start to learn how to manage the waves like you start doing kind of what you did in excite bite 64 where you reorient your rider on the downslope of the way so your boat goes up it goes airborne you re- you orient it so it's on the downslope so when it hits the water it gets a full grip with the motor and takes off Every discipline in this has nuance to how you control it, and it ultimately affects how the objectives play out. So the third race with the boat, you're in a huge boat, and the waves are gigantic, but now you've learned that you accelerate on the up, you let off when you're airborne, and then you reorient and go down, and it's everything in this has something like that. F1. There's F1 in this. It feels great. Like, it feels as good as, like, EA's F1 franchise to me. And there's pit stops and you have to manage your tires. Like, I'm blown away by this game a little bit. I'll be honest with you, Matt. Like, I'm surprised more people aren't talking about it. Like, if you look at the reviews... I'm not, because everybody I know who'd be possibly be interested in this game all refuse to fucking touch it because they played the previous crew game. Because it's the crew. They should not have called this the crew. But you're, you, may, you may be right. The reviews for this, like, if you watch or read any of the reviews, nobody has any criticisms for it. Other than... It's exactly like Forza Horizon, which is a fair criticism. But as far as like, the, like then they score it a seven or what? It's like, no, like this game is good. Like if you are a PlayStation owner who has been jealous of the Forza Horizon franchise now for like a decade or more, this is your game. This is a game that you've been waiting for. I have been pleasantly surprised by this. Um, one thing, another thing that's kind of weird about the game is like when you go to events, your cars don't matter. So the cars that you collect, it's a thing like it is in every driving game, your livery and, you know, earning credits to buy new cars and things like that. It's all part of this game. However, almost every event you go to, you race it in a borrowed car. They give you a car to race as. You can't even choose to race in your own car if you want to. They're just like, nope, you're racing in this. Now, once you finished the playlist, you can go back and redo the events and there's tweaks to the events and stuff to make them worthwhile to do again. And at that point, you can use the cars that are in your actual livery. But otherwise, like, the cars you actually own in this game end up feeling more like just an avatar. Like, you can use them to drive to the next event, or you can just fast travel there, which is what you end up doing most of the time anyway. And you just, the open world stuff, there is emergent stuff there too. There's speed traps like there are in Forza Horizon where you just need to go as fast as you can. But there's also like these impromptu slaloms that just pop up. Like, you're just driving down the road, and all of a sudden slalom gates will pop up. There's this other race that I don't even know how to really explain it. There's like 
these gates that you drive through, but they're almost like a cone. And the first gate is really big, but then it narrows down to like the cone. And the far, the longer you stay in the cone, the more points you get. And all that stuff goes to like these online leaderboards where you can instantly see like, which of my friends has the highest score at this speed trap? Which of my friends has the highest score in this cone race? Which of my friends has the highest score in this slalom race? Like, and it pops up like right away. And not just that, like your global rank, like, you know, my speed trap, I'm like 15,000th or whatever. Like, it's pretty cool, man. Like, I, again, I'm surprised that people aren't talking about this game more. They should be. Because, again, there's been this hole in the market. Like, this game is way better than Need for Speed Unbound, for example, which is the latest decent arcade racing game for PlayStation. This mops, I think, mops the floor with Need for Speed Unbound. It's way better, way more accessible, way more fun, way more variety um, in everything, in the tone, in the cars, in the events, all of it. Um the fast travel, we talked about it earlier about how, you know, your enjoyment of an open world game is directly proportionate to how you can fast travel. Fast travel in this is great. Any um, playlist that you've already activated, you can fast travel to that point at any time. You can activate a bunch of other fast travel points. You, like I said, your car almost becomes an avatar eventually because the fast travel is so good. Um, but again, the cars, there's cars, there's planes, there's boats, there's bikes, there's crotch rockets, there's four-wheelers, there's motocross bikes. They all have their own tracks. They all have their own handling models. They all, all have their own physics. It's crazy. Like, this game is an achievement, and I feel like nobody's talking about it, and nobody cares. And I feel That's like because it, when they announced it, every, when I, like, several just, of the discords I was in, the whole response was, fuck the crew. Yeah, and I get that, because I didn't like any of either no. of the crew games before this one at all. Um, now, the one thing I would say of the vehicles, the one that is kind of a disappointment is the planes. The planes handle fine, and the whole objective with planes is fighting against the wind. And you will see the wind, actually. It will show, like, the clouds or whatever will roll sideways to let you know which direction the wind's going. But it's just kind of annoying, and most of the plane stuff... Plane just, races just aren't all that interesting by, def- you're right. by, you know, <laughs> you're right. by what they are. Yeah, you know? you're right. You're flying through hoops, basically. Yeah. It, it, and, this, you know, the fun, the fun of racing tends to be the speed... And while you are going fast in a plane, it's hard to tell you're going fast yeah. in a plane a lot of times. It is. There's no, the sense of speed. There's, there's no, nothing to compare it you're to because right. you're, you're up in the air. You yeah. Um, the leveling is kind of glacial in this. It does take forever to gain a level, but it also it ultimately doesn't matter all that much because, again, you don't need cars. You go to the event, they give you the car for every event. You never are required to have a car. Now, you do have to buy vehicles to unlock a new type. So to unlock the boat races for the first time, you do have to buy your first boat. And once you've unlocked that, or once you've bought that boat, then the boat races unlock. The planes were not that way. For some reason, I was able to just jump in with the planes without buying one. So it's not 100% um, that that works with everything. But that was the way that the boats worked. Um, But ultimately, the game is gated by credits, which amounts to cars. And the cars are the way to unlock the new... Can you buy credits with real money? Oh, yeah. Uh And the option to do that is always right next to the option to pay with the in-game currency. It is slimy. I will. I will admit. Now I've never. I've never I mean, felt it's still a UB games. So. It is. I have never felt the urge to spend real money on this, but it's there. So that is something that you should definitely consider for sure. And there's a rewind feature, so if you mess up. But the other thing, my biggest complaint about this really is how long the races are. Each race is like eight minutes long. And again, there is a rewind there, so if you mess up too bad, you can rewind it. But it's annoying. The races are so long, and it's just like you're just like white knuckle the whole damn time because this is one of those games where if you make a mistake, provided you've 
set the difficulty to what it should be and you're not just like playing it on easy or whatever if you set it to where you're actually challenged if you make one mistake you have to rewind you'll never catch back up to the pack and so it's like eight minutes of like high anxiety like hoping you don't make a mistake or if you do hoping you have enough rewind juice to rewind far enough that you can get back into the race because eight minute races that you have to stop and restart over are very discouraging to say the least um the vehicle modeling is great. The game does takes every opportunity to show them off. Um, it is the car porn is definitely in play here. Now the vehicles there aren't as many as you see in Forza Horizon. They the number is the same, but when you start playing the game, you realize there's like seven RX8s and eight different 370Zs, and like they kind of cheat a little bit. They basically count like a different paint job or a wrap on a car is a separate car. So there are less cars, but again, you're getting a lot more variety because you're getting the boats and you're getting the planes and you're getting the dirt bikes and you're getting the four-wheelers, blah, blah, blah. So I guess in short, I would say this is absolutely a shameless copy of Forza Horizon. But if you're a PlayStation owner, who cares? You've been waiting to play a great open-world arcade-style driving game for forever, and here it is. And you're right. Paying for stuff with real money is always there. It's always a button press away. It does have that kind of slimy Ubisoft monetization thing in there. But I have not even had a single moment where I was like, oh, maybe I'll just pay with real money. Like, that hasn't even happened in this game. So, ultimately, I think they do a good job of gating the game with your play instead of currency, which is good. And it's great. Like, the the again, there's all these different handling models. They, every vehicle feels good. and feels at least a little bit realistic. It's an arcade driving game, so, you know... There is a little bit of like on-rails track suction around turns at times where it feels like your car is kind of like on a rail and you'd have to really screw up to like completely fly off the road. There's a little bit of that in the game, but overall it does feel great. It plays great. It looks great. There's a lot of variety. There's tons of people playing because it's multi-platform. And so the world is just filled. Uh, another complaint I would have though, is that those people driving around are ghost cars, but they don't look like ghosts. They look like normal cars. So you're driving around the, the world and there's these cars coming at you 100 miles an hour, but they're not there. They're ghost cars. And so you will swerve to get out of the way, and you'll hit a car that's actually there, that's a real car. That is my big complaint, really, with this game. Is like, you see the ghost cars, you confuse them for real cars, and then swerve and actually hit the real cars that are out in the world. So that's a little bit of a, a nitpick, but something that bothered me throughout my entire time playing the game. But otherwise... It's the best arcade-style racing game on PlayStation. I have no qualms with saying that. It's best for PS4. It's the best for PlayStation 5. So if you're looking for a game like this, go buy it. I, you will not be disappointed. It's also, I've been playing this already for like 18 hours. I have There's no sign of me wrapping anything up. There's tons of content. Um, I've been really, really impressed with the crew Motorfest. And I, like you, not a fan of the crew at all until I played this game. But just try to forget the name on the box and just play it. And I think people who are looking for a game like this will absolutely love it. So that's the Crew Motor Fest. Again, it's multi-platform. It's available for everything. Now, I would not. Would I say it's better than Forza Horizon? In some ways, um, I think the driving physics are better in Forza Horizon, which are really important in any driving game. But again, the variety here, there's so much of it. And it's done so well that hmm, I would say it's a pick em between those two like that's how much how impressed i am with this game so, i have a very hard time believing the handling on this match is forza horizon well, that's what i just said the handling yeah. is better in forza horizon and that, well that's way more important to me 
in terms of hips of a driving having variety or whatever oh way way more important yeah um and maybe Forza is cheating a little bit because he's only doing cars right and it doesn't have well, all it's just, other that's things, just his vision like, you know i don't know i know it's maybe. hard to, i know it's hard to accept i've sat and played this game for a week saying like is this real Mm-hmm. Is this really as good as I think it is? And I come back day after day and continually be impressed and surprised yeah. by it. Maybe so. when it drops in price significantly. And I would guess it probably will. But again, like if you're playing online, there are tons of people online. Oh, one more complaint I have before we move on. Matchmaking for online races takes forever. Mm. Literally, Matt, like eight minutes. Now, the special events, no. Like the, the Battle Royale Smash-Up Derby, that's like instantaneous. But if you try to play other online races, it literally takes like eight minutes to get a race. And you can't race while you're waiting. Hmm. So you can't drive around the open world and do other stuff. You go uh, to a screen, and you sit there and watch the so counter. Horizon did figure that one that's out. That's true. Yeah. So that's another way that Horizon is vastly superior. So again, if you're a PlayStation owner, you've been jealous of that franchise for a long time, you now have a viable option. And that is the Crew Motorfest. All right, let's move on. We're going to talk next about a game, Matt, that I could not even stomach playing more than 10 minutes, and that is Lies of P. So we played the demo. You guys probably played the demo too a couple months ago, and it did not carry over your save to the final game no. so i just assumed that the beginning of lies of p was going to be completely different and that's why as oh. it turns out that demo was the beginning of the game you didn't think you didn't think that no that uh, was anytime. Very, it was very clearly well usually well there's no cutscene either to start the game there is after you finish the the, the demo yeah then you get the title <laughs> it's so weird no, it was very clear to me that that was the beginning of the game see because normally demos that let you use your save start from the beginning and demos that don't let you use your save, don't. They'll pick apart from the middle of the game, and that makes sense. You're like, well, of course, the save won't carry over because I'm actually playing something from Chapter 3 or Chapter 4. In this case, it was the start of the yeah. game. The well, demo I think they're was... just not doing it because it's a Souls game. Yeah. You think that's why? I mean, it, it probably makes... I, I don't... I, carrying the save over for that, I guess... Yeah, I don't know. There's no reason really not to, but it does. I mean, it doesn't surprise me that I did. That's one of the reasons I didn't want to bother playing it again was because I'm like, I gotta do all this stuff in the demo again. <laughs> well, let me tell you, Matt. Once I once I realized that the final game I would have to play through the demo again, I quit mm-hmm. and I never went back. And I am okay with that. <laughs> I, hmm. I have no interest in this game whatsoever, but that's why we're a team. And you do enjoy playing these games, and you. I don't enjoy playing this one. No, you don't. I strongly dislike this. Wow, because it's getting great um, reviews from all the Souls crew. It is, but crew. I don't know what these people are talking about. Yeah, there, it is a poor man's Bloodborne in every respect. It is a janky, weak ass, <laughs> no, no innovation, no nothing. It is. It is. It is Bloodborne, obviously Bloodborne, but worse in every regard. And set in the Pinocchio, whatever you Set in like a dark <laughs> American McGee's Pinocchio yeah. situation. Yeah. Um, so I've played a few hours of this. I've I beat this. I've beaten the second boss, the the Forgotten Watchman, or the Forgot. I don't know. It's a fucking London police Bobby that hits you with electrical attacks forever. And it took mm-hmm. me like five tries and a bunch of grinding to get through it. Um, and summoning the shade, like you have, that's the one where they teach you. You can summon, you know, oh, very original. You can summon a shade, like a ghost character, to help you fight him. And you basically need to because he uses so many AOE electrical attacks. You need basically bait to oh, to hit him to absorb a lot of the damage. But like, 
part part of my issue with this game is that um, I mean, for the most part, it's very standard issue Souls like. It's it's you know, I guess for the most part, it's fine in that regard. But when it comes down to the fine tuning, when it comes down to the really the details, it drops the ball constantly. For instance, the first the first real boss in this is the uh, the parade master, or he looks like dressed like a ringmaster. Um, and his whole thing, you know, and the way that this works is that it, it has a. Uh, I mean, I know I've seen some people compare this to Sekiro, which is nonsense. Uh, I've seen a lot of people compare it to it's Sekiro. Nonsense. Yeah. Like I know it has a stamina bar like stun a guy thing and the main character has a trick bionic arm but no this is a blood this is bloodborne through and through there is no secure Sekiro here what well, has projectiles um, right um do you have a gun no you don't you never have a gun in this i mean at some point his arm might get a projectile weapon on it. i right now is like the I, I have like a it's called the puppet string so he it just shoots out a rope and you pull guys to you oh um, so why where are the bloodborne comparisons coming from because bloodborne would always set it apart was that you had the gun uh, well, yeah, but you're using the um, the arm basically as a counter the same way the, the gun worked in Bloodborne. Okay. And the main thing is that just the tone, the way the fighting works, the fact that you get life back when you attack back immediately, um, the the emphasis on parrying versus... Uh, I mean, that's something... Maybe that's tripping people up with the Sekiro thing, like that there's parrying, but the parrying in, in Sekiro is completely different. The parrying in Sekiro is basically invincible. Mm-hmm. Um, blocking is basically invincible in Sekiro, and then you get a bonus if you parry. In this game you have to perfect parry a lot of these bosses or you die like I that's it man i couldn't get because you get you get damaged when you block you do and I, I couldn't figure out anything in this game i could never beat that same dude that little mini boss guy with the keystone cops hat or whatever mm. like i do you just in here like in this area yeah here? it's like yeah. my sword isn't long enough to attack him like it's like i will say i think this i think the attack range on the the baseline sword you start with i think it's actually longer than it was in the demo because i really? have, i have not found myself missing attacks the way i did in the demo. the demo i walked through the demo part of this pretty easily um and some of that was because i knew what to, what i was walking into but also some of it was just like I don't know. It, it didn't feel as difficult. This part me. was easy as shit. It's when um, I fight the mini boss, it all changes. Yeah, I'm talking about the mini boss. Yeah. I killed him without being touched. I could like, never beat him. Um, and I even beat the ringmaster pretty easily. I like, yeah. on, my, on my first try, which took me like seven tries before, and I was more I was more leveled up in the demo. Mm-hmm. Um, and it took me like two. I had to like quit it and come back to it later. At that point, this one I just walked through it. Um, it's but like the bloodborne thing is also because it's in like these towns that are abandoned and you yeah. hear people like talking about murmuring and murmuring behind <laughs> doors and like it, you know you've got a little hub world you run out through it means a hotel in this one but it kind of it's like that church yeah. you sort of uses your baseline um you, you have to teleport back to the church to level up with the girl who's standing there mysteriously helping you level up it's like yeah i mean it's all bloodborne yeah it's all, but it's like so one of the baseline mechanics, especially with the bosses, is that um, you know you have to hit them until their their life bar glows white, and then mm-hmm. you do the charge up attack by holding right trigger, and the charge up attack makes them vulnerable, like it stuns them, and then they get vulnerable, and you can do the uh, fatal blow or whatever thing, which you indicates by the three red lines that tells you basically it's like that right there like it's mm-hmm. like a, but of course that didn't work for you because the timing on the that is extremely weird oh yeah like, it's like they set up an enemy to do i couldn't when i played the final version i like, i couldn't do it either yeah like the 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 it's strange because um when the when the three lines come up you can't do it yet you have to wait like a split second before you can actually do the f- finisher. It's and it's so like, dumb. It's very so. When I fought the the ringmaster the first time in this, I did finish it 
uh, I did beat him the first try. However, I hit him, hit him, hit him, dodging the thing, perfect parry, his red attacks, whatever. And I got the white thing, and I did the charge up and hit the thing. And so he goes into his, like, kind of like, you know, oh, I'm stunned. Staggered, and he yeah. Staggers down. When he staggers down, so I'm like, okay, I'm going to, I got to hit him. I'm trapped in his hitbox. Uh, like, he leaned down on top of my character, and I'm stuck in him, and I can't back away from him <laughs> enough to get into the zone where you're allowed to do the finisher move, so I completely wasted the whole... Like I took half his fucking life bar off to do that, and now I can't do anything except hit him with normal attacks, so I had to just sort of dodge around and, and finish him that way. But I mean, it's shit like that. That's the again, stuff that makes me quit. If you, <laughs> if you want to mimic a Souls game like this... You have to nail the execution with it, and this game doesn't, and that is why it can go fuck itself. Because <laughs> at no point, like that is Dark Souls 2 launch shit. Uh. And the Souls crowd lambasts that game to this day for that shit, and apparently this game can do it and it's fucking great? Uh. No. No, it cannot. <laughs> this is, this, I've played Bloodborne. It, this thing's so similar to Bloodborne that I'd rather just go back and play Bloodborne again, yeah. rather than suffer through this thing because I've had enough already. Yeah, it's it's it's. It I is, don't think it is on Game Pass, so if you're it's sitting on there, Game Pass, so that's fine. Yeah, if you're I, a Souls guy and you're like I'm, wondering, I'm gonna say like, you know, everyone's all gaga over this thing, probably because the art. I mean, it is very pretty. Yeah, like, like the lighting's great on PC. It looks amazing artistically and um, technically. artistically. Yeah. It's it's very impressive. Like it's cool to see the next thing. Like the town is impressive. Um, the the I don't understand the lie mechanic here. Like there's a thing where you can choose periodically to whether you lie or tell the truth about stuff, and it affects his gears inside I mean, they haven't been clear about i didn't get far enough i guess to understand that yeah. there is a whole skill tree thing that unlocks after the demo part where um the the p organ which is his mechanical heart his ticker yeah. um like you you can like upgrade use quartz crystals to upgrade different abilities on it and you can like synergize them and there's a whole bunch of different other ends of the tree you can unlock so there is actually a lot of customization in this uh, and once you unlock the ability to dodge twice uh, it does help. No, I would imagine. Um, so, uh, which explains why when I played the demo, I felt like I was playing like a gimped version of something. I felt like I wasn't being able to dodge as much as I could, should be able to. And sure enough, it's because that's an upgrade later. I just can um, never get in. You can see it in this footage. Once I dodge, I can never get in fast enough to hit him before he's ready to hit me again. That's because you're supposed to just parry everything perfectly. Oh. Because a perfect parry doesn't take any life off. It just takes stamina. Gotcha. So that's what you're supposed to be doing there. It's very, very difficult. And later enemies actually, even on the same attack animation, will wait a little bit. So like I've they, seen they that. vary yeah. how long they wait yeah. before they attack. <laughs> dirty. So it's very hard to time it. It's dirty. Um, and that's also, again, that's not an interesting thing to me. No. Like, I just don't find that interesting. Like, memorizing an enemy's attack pattern so I can perfect parry them. Like, I did that all through Sekiro. Yeah. Like that was, or recognizing how something was going to flow or how, like, attacks work. But every enemy does it a little differently in this. And sometimes they vary it up on the same attack animation. And I, I don't have time for that. Yeah. I just don't have the patience for it. Also, and maybe I didn't realize this until, until going back to, like, a more traditional Souls-alike with this. But, like, El Elden Ring makes this game feel primitive, mm -hmm. and Bloodborne makes it feel like review. So, I do not see the point. Yeah. And I have way better things to play right now. 
Yeah, me too. Even for free. I played it again. I played it to that same point. I was like, nope, don't have the time, don't have the will, don't have also, the gumption. For, for people questioning the P organ, it's the, it's the letter P. Yeah. Like that P right. heart or whatever. <laughs> and apparently, what I read, I don't know if this is true, but what I read is that, because this is made in Korea, uh-huh. uh, apparently the, the letter P is a symbol or a shorthand or something for blood oh. in Korea, which is why the P in Lies of P in the title is red oh. and why his P organ is his heart. And, and not all that. something else. It's, it's, it's pumping blood. <laughs> so that's what I heard is the explanation for what that is. So okay. it's, it's a pun on like blood versus him being mechanical versus, yeah. you know, it's a big thing about being human versus not being human. That's the other thing is like it's weirdly parallel to that um, Steel Rising game in the sense that it's automatons and right. puppets. Yeah. In like a kind of a kind of a old old stuff i mean this is more of dark a fantasy dark fantasy kind of medieval like post medieval europe thing a little bit of that steampunk of, maybe it's very it's very clock punk yeah you know, it's, it's it's got a lot of clock punk to it um yeah. just in the sense it's like oh you know and there's a very you know you do finally get to get some backstory once you rescue geppetto and like um there's some there's some non-puppet enemies because there's like human enemies that all wear like donkey masks that are trying to kill you and kill geppetto and so i Mm -hmm. guess that's a reference to like the pleasure island shit yeah uh and of course you have the the, your lantern is is, it's the gemini system but it's actually gemini because it's the cricket gemini cricket so you've got like an ai lantern companion (laughs) who's your conscience and the blue fairy is like this girl in a blue dress who levels you up just like the the automaton girl in Bloodborne. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of similarities, to yeah. say the least. Yeah. And, you know, and eventually you do get into sort of, you know, once once you're past the the Watchman guy, you get into, like, you know, different, uh, forging different weapons and upgrading things more. And, like, the, yeah, the, we- the weapon forging is pretty good, right? Yeah. And you get the boss, like, the boss weapons, because you, you can, you know, just like the Souls games, you can forge, you get a, whatever their soul or whatever not their soul but it's like ergo energy or i don't know what the fuck it is yeah. you get one of them from each boss you beat and you can forge those into weapons and those weapons more so than maybe any other souls like i've ever played before those weapons are way better than the oh. normal weapons yeah like, i like, saw people praising the weapon stuff in this you can rip them the apart crafting. and mess them and mix and match stuff so if there's like a, a hilt that does something that you like better as a powered a power up attack because uh, you can you have a you build a meter and you can spend it to like either do stuff with a hilt or to do one big attack with the sword mm-hmm. overall and you can mix the blades with the hilts and mix and match ability abilities basically and sometimes they'll affect each other differently so yeah there is that but it's like I don't know. Like, I don't have the patience to go through this. I mean, that's the other thing is, like, I didn't realize how much Elden Ring kind of spoiled me on the sense of, like, if you hit a thing that you can't really get through right now, you can go off and do something else and come back to it later. Whereas this is the classic style of, like, you, you got to beat this. it. That's all. You, go, go grind for an hour, asshole. Like, it's like, and then maybe it'll be a little easier. Yeah. And it's just like, <laughs> mm. yeah. No. That's, that's two thumbs down from Game Face. You knew I was going to be a thumbs down. Although I always give these games a shot because I'm the guy who doesn't like Souls-likes, who's always looking for the breakthrough game where it may, it clicks for me. And I'm sure there's a lot of people out there like me who wait for me to find the game where I'm like, this is the one, people. It, this ain't it. This is not the one. If you've and never played a Souls game before, you're going to come in. You're going to try this and be like, am I bad at video games? It's like, brutal. I, it's, yeah. it's one of the hardest games of this nature I've ever played. Yeah. Just in the sense that it, like, it's very much expecting you to have played these games before and be able to hang with that. Yeah. Um, except I just don't think any of what it does is compelling or interesting or fun is like basically the way Bloodborne does it. Yeah. Um, 
So this is and Matt, have, the Soulslike guy, yeah, and having also to learn, thumbs down. Yeah, I mean, it is. I cannot emphasize how much it is, especially the further you progress, how much it expects you to be able to do that perfect parry mm-hmm. every time, yeah. especially against bosses, and it's just not feasible. Yeah, it's frustrating. I mean, it's it's a it's a trial and error memorization thing, and like I don't feel like this game earned that from me. Okay, like I was willing to do it with Sekiro because it was such a dynamic. And, everything else about it, right, was, yeah, yeah, absolutely, and like. Yeah. And, but like, and I felt really satisfied. I had a real sense of satisfaction a couple times in that game when I beat bosses for the first time I'd ever faced them. I didn't even get touched. Yeah, and I was like, I am awesome. Like, yeah, yeah. But even when I would perfect parry through like through like boss stuff in this game, I'm just like, oh fuck. It, well, you have to do it again. Yeah. I didn't even feel like it was an accomplishment. It just felt like, well, I guess I finally figured that out this time. But I bet I can't do it again. You know? Yeah. Like I that's never- how I feel playing pretty much every Souls like. <laughs> so yeah, I don't. I don't find this game compelling or interesting or fun at all all right well, there you go that's two thumbs down from game face for lies of p um matt we do have one more topic left but we are out of time mm. um is there any way we could slide that to next week's episode because i know you had kind of talked to somebody about covering it in this this show i think we can probably smooth that over we can yeah okay but just promising that we are gonna cover yeah. it okay um Okay, well, that's it for Game Face. We we got almost everything in. I'm actually surprised that we got this far in the show in our time allotted. Um, but before we go, obviously, we have to pay some bills. And here's a word from our awesome sponsor, soundwizardry.com. Experience the realm of extraordinary audio with Sound Wizardry. With a decade-long journey in sound design, we animate your movies and video games with the breath of sound. Our wide-ranging services include sound design, foley, sound mixing and mastering, audio implementation, dialogue mastering, and the crafting of unique sound effects from freshly recorded material. Our portfolio contains Baldur's Gate 3, Steven Universe, Alan Wake 2, Gwent, Cyberpunk 2077, and more. Visit soundwizardry.com and let us transmute your vision into an auditory marvel. Obviously, what an amazing resume soundwizardry.com has. I mean, he worked on Baldur's Gate 3. Uh, That's a big, big deal. Uh, But if you need any sound work on anything, and I mean anything, Head to soundwizardry.com. They can, anything you're working on, you need some audio touched up or you need sound effects or anything like that. Need some punch ups in some of your audio sound effects or whatever. Make sure you head over. They are the experts. They've done an amazing job and they have worked on some gigantic projects. Uh, Let's take a look at chat real quick before we go. Just want to thank some of you guys who are hooking us up. Uh, Short Raver, thank you for Twitch Prime. Uh, NorxNessie94, thank you for Twitch Prime. Anybody else getting in at the end here? Uh, quick question from Swanland. How many areas to race in? Is it just Hawaii? It's just Oahu. It's just one island of Hawaii for the Crew Motor Fest. Um, 33 months and 27 months, guys. That's awesome. Thank you. It really makes a difference. In fact, if you're watching this or listening to this on either YouTube or any of the podcast services, um, you can help us totally for free uh, using Twitch Prime. Um, if you're an Amazon Prime customer, you can give us a free $2.50 every month. If you're watching on YouTube, the instructions are down below. Um, but even if you're not doing that and you just want to help us in general, please head to patreon.com slash sifted. That's S-I-F-T-D. You can pledge whatever you want per month, just a dollar. That gives you some on-site rewards. $2 gets you Pactor Factor. $4 a month gets you all our content early. Um, it's really cheap. We're, I think, the cheapest major gaming Patreon out there right now. I think everybody's moved to five bucks or more at this point but us. Uh, we'd really appreciate any help. And that's really where 
it helps us a ton is if we know that you're a patron and we can count on that money coming in every month. Um, that's great. But again, if you're broke and you want to help us out, Twitch Prime is a great way to do it. Um, we'll be back on Tuesday. We, I already have like three games waiting to play. Um, it's going to be an awesome show next week, too. This show was gigantic. Holy crap, we managed to squeeze in all those games into our normal allotted time. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, what else? I think that's it. Yeah, we'll be back at normal time right here at twitch.tv slash siftedgames at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. You're done with jury duty. Mm. I'm done with jury duty. I think the show should be ready to rock every Tuesday for the rest of the year at this point. So thanks to all our patrons who hook us up and make all this possible. We appreciate you guys very much. Thanks to everybody who shows up live in our chat, who gave us Twitch Prime today. Uh, the hype train ended up going all the way around and getting back to level one again, I think. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Thanks, you guys. It wouldn't happen without you. Legacy. Thank you for getting in there with Twitch Prime at the last minute. I'm sh I see you guys putting in questions for Q&A. We don't have any time. We can't do it today, unfortunately. Uh, try to remember those questions for uh, next week. Although I see Glenn Schofield is leaving striking distance in there. Mm -hmm. What? Oh, gosh. All right. I mean, that that's just, that's over. <laughs> it's over. It really does seem like it's there. One game, one and done is all it took. Mm -hmm. That was it. So anyway, we're out of time. We're actually over time already. Thanks to everybody who supports us. Thanks to everybody in the chat. You guys fact check us in real time. Add context to all our discussions. It's amazing. Thanks to Matt for hosting. We'll see you guys next Tuesday. Game Face is up and out. We'll be right back.